listening to the Thundercling Podcast. <laughs> Just rippling abs. How are we going to get fucking sponsored by these guys if we can't even get the name right? Did you say you're doing wrestling moves? Oh god, I'm bleeding. Jason Kale's walking around on stilts. It's fucked up. I'm looking for a drummer who will double as my drummer. My name is Dave. And I'm Feedy. And you are listening to the Thunder Cling Podcast. 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 Yeah, episode 19, and we have it nailed to the T. Man, we're starting to get pretty we're good. We're pretty good, like, guys. We're way better than we used to be. Yeah, man. Those Our, guys, I don't even... A year ago, dude. We were just babies. If I could go back in time and see my one-year-ago stuff, I just... I would slap, strangle. Yeah, I would just slap myself. If I went back and saw your one-year-old yeah. self, I would... <laughs> wait, one, my one-year-old self? Or my, oh, wait, one-year-old... Yeah, if I saw baby Feedy, I'd fucking do the world a favor, dog. Oh, my... You know what I'd do? You know, that I admire the courage it takes. I'd shake it. I'd just <laughs> shake you for five days straight and see what happens. That's what I do. Wow. Wait, um, that's, we're digressing. We're digressing. Anyways. <laughs> Shake's baby syndrome is no joke. I know. I'm I apologize for, <laughs> for that uh fever <laughs> that fever dream I just had. Um this episode <laughs> was fantastic because I'm, We had our first return guest. We did. We had our first returning guest in the shape and human body of Jeremy Fullerton. Yes, sir. Along with his glistening, glistening. gleaming, yeah. bulging eight pack. Yeah, wasn't it weird when like Paul came in dressed like a nice guy and and Jeremy showed up just bow tie, no, no shirt, shirt, yeah, and at all. just flexing like I tried to shake his hand for like but for a minute he just stared at me and flexed. And flexed his uh, yeah. belly muscles. And as soon as as soon as I showed my I showed fear, he like relaxed and yeah. was like I thought that was uh, a pretty tense moment. Maybe the yeah. most tense moment we've ever yeah. had. I thought... Dead silence. Paul just watched. Well, it's... Paul started weeping a little bit. Remember that? He, when he kind of put his head down and started gently crying, and then Jeremy put back on his shirt and took off yeah. his bow tie. He's like, dude... It was a very I... strange start to the pod, but I'm glad... You know, but it worked out, though. Because... It worked out that we had a really nice chat with him. Yeah. So the the, the Paul we're talking about is Paul Robinson. I know. I, I'm going to be honest. I was... This is a, that was a little a bit of a fanboy moment for me. Yeah, I mean, I started when I started climbing. You know, I the first movie that really sticks out in my mind was Paul Robinson and Daniel trying their respective hardest boulder projects in the world, like the game and Lucid Dreaming. Yeah, man. So to meet Paul in the flesh and get to know him after <laughs> you know you build up an idea of who these people are, and it's fun to actually meet them. And they turn out to be like the nicest, yes. <laughs> people, the nicest, like softest spoken people ever. Super genuine, and uh, it's also you're just like you're so good at rock climbing. It was pretty cool. The part that struck, well, I mean, he tells some story. Paul tells some stories. He shares some stories that he's never shared anywhere before. Yeah, which is pretty cool. I feel we feel honored that he felt comfortable. Yeah, felt comfortable yeah. enough to say that stuff. Um, but on a second note, he Paul was talking at one point in the podcast, which uh, you'll hear because we're really good at redundancy. Yeah, uh, he says, "Yeah, it was a, a crazy time around 2010 that any given day I could wake up and kind of like I could be the best boulderer in the world." And just to hear sitting across a table from somebody who says that, you're just like, it doesn't compute. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, like, for us, the gap is so far. It's it's like, uh, you know, 
It's like being LeBron James for, for a me. Day. For me, the equivalency would be like going into a gym in the Midwest and just being like, I could be the best boulder in this tiny corner of this bouldering gym. Yeah. On any given day. Do you really think you could? You think you could walk no, into the gym in Lawrence, honestly, Kansas? There's, there's always this like hidden boss, dark horse of the, it, lurking. So probably Who's not. just crushing? Yeah, I don't think so. I don't yeah. think I could be the best anywhere. <laughs> Maybe it, does Antarctica have a gym like at McMurdo Station? Oh yeah, they have some killers out I there. They they just boulder on glacier rock. Dude, I bet I would be the best there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's likely. It's likely. I'd climb V4 around those snow bunny bastards. <laughs> anyway, Jesus, let's uh, let's get to the interview. This is a this is a really long one, so I hope you guys stick around. It's good till the very very end, yeah. and uh, we'll we'll be back afterwards to to say a uh, to, to say goodbye to say goodbye. We just so, say goodbye to everybody. Hey, stick around. Maybe uh, have a cup of tea. Uh, we'll make you. We'll bring you some desserts and uh, have a good time. Serve you some fun. Nice conversation. Goodbye. Bye. Down in the city where the wind patterns change, blowing around the buildings all tall and strange. Up the stairs to see my An incredible. That would be. Yeah. <laughs> which is why, which is what I make, I think makes YouTube so valuable. Hmm. Because there's just, yeah. How crazy is it too that there's this platform you can just put essentially unlimited content on, at like really high fidelity. I don't know. It's for free for, too. for free I yeah i mean well both platforms instagram yeah. and youtube I, mean, I think they say every minute 24 hours of footage gets uploaded Jeez. wow <laughs> yeah i know on the entire platform on youtube oh my god lord almighty no wonder i mean you can just it could even be more <laughs> yeah. yeah no kidding but like i mean dude it's it, it's physically impossible to watch it all obviously oh obviously yeah yeah Thank God, though. Also, <laughs> Jesus. What would you do when you're just like sitting there and nothing else to do on like a rainy day? You're just like, uh, uh, wormhole. Yeah. I've, I've been down those wormholes for oh, hours yeah. on I, YouTube. Course, yeah. like, oh, God. From climbing <laughs> to music to like some lecture, back oh, yeah. to climbing, some nude things. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> no big deal. Um, so, how'd you guys meet each other? How did you. Are you. Wait. You're from Pennsylvania, New Jersey. No, we're from like That's the same okay. hometown, essentially. Ba- yeah. Did you guys totally know each crazy. other back in the no. day? No, not really. We, I knew of Paul once in a while because he was just Paul Robinson. And he would come to the gym and I'd be like, oh, there's oh, Paul. There's Paul. It's like, hey, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I remember one time, actually, one of the first times you measured my ape index. And you measured it wrong. Oh. And I found out like two weeks ago that you've measured it wrong <laughs> my whole entire life. I thought it was zero. But he I actually, sandbagged you. Yeah, I actually yeah. have three-fourths of an inch. Well, he was trying to make you like try hard. Yeah, You're younger like, though, aren't you? Yeah. yeah you got to get bit. hazed by the yeah, older exactly. guy. Exactly. Yeah, it looks like How minus one. 30, 31. I'm 28. Yeah. So three years. had to get some hazing. Yeah, Dude. back then that's negative. a big age I difference. told him it was negative six. You'll never make a kid. Loser. No, and then I I moved out here six years ago, and then we just kind of kept crossing paths, and then we're like, oh, we should hang out, and then ever I, I would consider you one of my better friends here. <gasps> Thanks, Whoa, Jeremiah. Are we having a heart to heart? <laughs> yeah, we're having a heart to heart. No, but honestly, no, I would no, consider Paul like my good good friend. Like we Aren't hang you, out. Are you gonna reciprocate? Than, yeah, of course, Jeremy's my good friend. Okay, now <laughs> Why aren't you looking at <laughs> yeah, me? <laughs> <laughs> it was well, because pretty I felt stressful. like I had to tell him because you know, I mean, Jeremy knows. I know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, like, before this, we were just hanging out and, like, just watching videos and stuff. And, like, 
you know, I consider Paul like there's like climbing, just strictly climbing friends, but there's also friends outside of climbing that like, you know, him and I will just like be like, oh, I'm like dealing with this issue or dealing with this girl right now. And like, yeah. what do you think about this, Paul? And he's always giving me like good advice that I don't realize is good until six months later. I was yeah. like, hey. And then I'm like, I told you. I told, <laughs> I told you she was crazy. And I was like, yep, thanks, Paul. <laughs> I should start recording our conversations so I can play them back six yes. months later. <laughs> exactly. Jeremy, when will you learn? Yeah. yeah. That's what I'm going to use my new um, audio recorder for. <laughs> Why'd you get this audio recorder? Well, to teach a friend a lesson. That's right. Many lessons. Many lessons. <laughs> so how'd you start climbing? I mean, I kind of know. You started a birthday party yep. when like, you were an 11-year-old? 10, 10-year-old. Ten yeah. Um, at the same gym that oh. Jeremy grew up at. But at, I mean... Let's it was see. vertical reality. Yeah, it was re- vertical called vertical reality back then. So wait, what year did you or how old were you when you started climbing? Seventeen. So, so eleven years ago. Two thousand. Oh, two thousand nine. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Holy so crap. I started in like ninety seven wow. then. Whoa. I know. And so this gym had just, I think, as far as I know, the gym had more or less just been built, and there was. It's an early gym. Yeah, a very yeah. early agenda. One of the first, I think. Um, especially on the East Coast. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. And so it was built because there was two guys that um, they climbed in the gunks on the weekend. That was kind of like our closest, mm-hmm. like, good crag kind of thing. Because Boulder, I mean, again, like, in 97, obviously people were bouldering. Like, you know, don't get me wrong, but it wasn't what it is today. The explosion obviously. was, like, three years away. Yeah, so these guys built this gym for kind of like training for the gunks mm-hmm. and I don't know, kind of just like they, they wanted a place that they could climb at during the week when they had to work and they were like, Oh, we're going to build this gym. And then on the weekends we'll go and we'll, we'll go try climbing in the gunks. Mm-hmm. And so, um, a friend of mine up the street, his parents, not really sure how, but they decided that they found out about this place and they're like, Oh, we're going to have our kid's birthday party there. And then, yeah, the rest is really history. I mean, I just, I loved it. Like from day one, I was like, this is amazing. Really? And like first time. Yeah. I mean, not that I had like the foresight to even like understand it because right. to me, like, you know, when you're 10 and you're in New Jersey <laughs> and it's 1997, I mean, rock climbing is like, you know, people, I probably, I mean, uh, before that day, I probably thought of rock climbing as climbing Mount Everest, mm-hmm. yeah. right? And I guarantee yes. like nine, everyone else thought of it as that way too. For sure. So this was kind of like, you know, I, I wish I could go back to that day to like kind of rethink yeah. it through, you know, yeah. and like hear my thoughts <laughs> because like, you know, it was like, well, this is so wild. Like, I'm sure I was thinking like, whoa, rock climbing, you know? I know. <laughs> it, 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 I remember when I started climbing just a year after you in 98 mm-hmm. and I was in Iowa. Yeah, exactly. And if Another... you said you were a climber, they'd be like, whoa, are you going to go to like, <laughs> did you read John Krakauer's book into thin yeah. air? Are you going to and the Himalaya? And how old were you then? Oh, I was, I'm old, man. I was 25 when I started Yeah, but climbing. still super young, you know, I mean, in Young in enough, respect. I wish to God I would have started at like 13 yeah well then um, climbing would have been even what, more like almost like irrelevant in so many oh ways my God. i was about to say was it even relevant when you let's just say you started at 13 so that would have been like i what, would have had 1989 or something 89? like that yeah it probably it was like just even... becoming like an actual activity i feel like yeah i mean i know a couple old schoolers that yeah. like like are like 60s 70s mm-hmm. now that like started when they were really young 
I mean, look at like yeah. John Sherman or something. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. for like Peter Beal, just locally. Yeah. All those yeah, guys absolutely. started back then. But for somebody in Iowa, yeah. like no, of can't course. Imagine wearing spandex, like yeah. bright yellow spandex. <laughs> yeah. What I was. <laughs> Do you have a photo of that? <laughs> I actually have my old spandex yeah, in the, yeah. in the nice. bedroom. Can I wear it? Yeah, later. Would you like to wear them for this whole interview? Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna have to take them off because I got them underneath. Paul's pa- podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's funny you say that climbing was like climbing Mount Everest, mm-hmm. and now I feel like when a rando asks about climbing, they're like, "Oh, do you like?" free climb like free solo yeah that's become like that's the new norm yeah like well at least it's getting closer (laughs) it is getting closer it's it's much closer than like everest to like alex yeah now they know it's like actually like yeah climbing a rock there's technique and everything but i mean you know thinking back to it's it's so funny because i mean i was 10 you know like yeah and so then i started to get into it and i was like oh wow like there's chalk bags and climbing shoes and these things and like it was this full learning process because there was no guidance right and so like i would go to school and people would be like well like what are you like (laughs) why'd you quit the baseball team yeah exactly (laughs) why like what like what are you doing and then like my dad and i built this climbing wall in my garage that was like a little 45 wall and whoa yeah i mean people were People had no idea. They were like, this is so weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, because even if I was like, oh, like, would you like to try climbing? They're like, no. Yeah. Right. You know, <laughs> it just because wasn't a part of the zeitgeist no, at all. No, because now it's like, I mean, t- if you went, I bet if you did like a, if you went to Boulder High and you asked every kid, have you tried indoor or outdoor rock climbing? 90% would probably yeah. say yes. I mean, that's mm-hmm. obviously a complete guess. But I would like, guess it too. The jocks, everybody. Everyone's yeah. tried it. Mm-hmm. Everyone has tried climbing mm-hmm. at this point. Like, you know, maybe the, obviously the older generations have not. But like, you know, everyone that's like now going through their teenage years has tried climbing. And mm-hmm. so for me, it was like I was the only person, you know. And then all my like pals in school like they you know they would entertain it and they'd go to the gym with me once every couple months or whatever like just because like they thought it was fun as well but it was like the fact that i was like actually like doing this on a almost daily basis that i was then like going and doing competitions and climbing outside and traveling for this thing that people wouldn't even do if it was like in their backyard, it was like very (laughs) weird. weird. Yeah. And so like my, basically my entire childhood going through school, like, I I mean, it was like, it wasn't like people were like making fun of me for it, but it was, people were just, they didn't understand. Like how can he be, how can he be so (laughs) passionate about this thing? Did it appeal to you at all? It's by the way, it's so hard to talk about this when you start at 10 years old. Yeah. Because I can't be like, so, yeah, yeah. When you were ten, you know, we're not yeah. gonna, we're not gonna, we can't uh, have revisionist <laughs> history it, yeah. here. Yeah. Hmm. But um, did it appeal to you in those early years because there were no coaches, there was nobody telling you what to do, or was that ever? It was just the movement that appealed to you. Well, because I mean, there were no coaches, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, you know, maybe in like the BRC, obviously, like so, you know, you you can take two people that have kind of like come up to become like professional athletes. Right. You know, so like if you take myself and then you take Daniel, 
yeah. who grew up in Colorado and started climbing when he was like six or something mm-hmm. like that and had a coach from day one. You know, I mean, he had Justin Shong at the BRC, like kind of guiding him to be yeah. like, okay, this is like a competition. This is outdoor rock climbing. This is, this is this. Like, I don't know how I got from day one <laughs> to like where I am because there was like no guidance, you yeah. know? Yes. <laughs> it just doesn't, I, some, you know, the stars aligned, yeah. I guess is kind of the best way to describe it because I, I, I don't know. I mean, I mean, the internet obviously wasn't what it was. It wasn't no like I was way. like on Google searching <laughs> Google didn't exist. Yeah, I, I don't think. 99, can... I think yeah, Google really? kind of existed, wow. I think hmm. is when it came out. So it's like, so, so I, I don't know. I, I don't really know how one step came to another. I, I think that the the guys that started the gym, they maybe they must have told my dad that there were competitions. I'm not really <laughs> sure. Just... <laughs> I'm not really sure. But but like kind of going back, like I remember when I started, it I didn't really understand the whole concept of like. Uh, difficulties and stuff like that. So I would go to the gym and I would just try and make things more difficult. So like I would climb a route so many times that then I would blindfold myself and then try and climb the route blindfolded. Because that's how they get harder. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just like dumb things like that because literally there was no one. Yeah. I mean, like my dad was super supportive, but like he never, he doesn't know shit. Yeah, exactly. So it was like, he learned to belay and he was like, well, I'll belay at the gym type of thing. And then put on the blindfold for the harder route. Yeah, exactly. I was like, all right, well I did this one 10 times. So let me just put the blindfold on and see if I'll, I can do it now. Did did they have like grades on the routes back then? Or was it just like a spray? I'm sure they did. And I think they were like taped and stuff. I can just like, kind of like, you know, it's fuzzy, you know, like, yeah, it's very fuzzy. Like you think back and you're like, I kind of, I remember climbing blindfolded. I remember it was like over a <laughs> so year wild. until I got my first pair of shoes. I just re- used rental shoes. <laughs> yeah. Really? Yeah. Like I had a chalk bag. I remember like that was like my, I loved it. Yeah. I had a chalk bag and I had a chalk ball. It was a bison. Do you still have it? The chalk no, bag? No. <laughs> what was but the chalk bag? It was a bison chalk ball and a bison chalk bag. And it was like a little combo kit Whoa. that came with the chalk ball. Wow. Shout uh-huh. to bison. The, chalk, the chalk competition ball, chuck. The chalk ball was a bison figure. No, 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 no. Bison chalk. Oh. The company bison. I didn't know that they I don't made know chalk bags anymore. I don't know if they're much around anymore. Are they? I, they're, they're, no idea. When I, I moved to Colorado, I remember people coming up to me all the time like, uh, I'm sponsored. And I'm like, oh, cool. Who are you sponsored by? And bison. fucking every person was like, bison. bison. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, wow. Isn't that that really soft, yeah. like weird, it's, flowery it's chalk? It's like flowery. Yes. Like, Once you get used to it, that's pretty Someone's like dipping my chalk. I'm like, ugh. I hated, like, whenever anybody would say I'm sponsored by Bison, I'd just be like, you must suck, dude. (laughs) That shock is terrible. Dang. It's like uh, powdered sugar. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't feel good. It does not feel good at all. So, Paul, like, were you, did you get picked to climbing, like, pretty good? Or did you, like, take a while to improve? Or what was your progression like as a a, a new climber? Like, what point were you like, I'm actually maybe kind of good at this whole climbing thing? Um... (laughs) it wasn't it wasn't very quick that's for sure um blindfolded yeah yeah because i mean (laughs) you know it was it was this this learning 
process, yeah. you know, because there was no one to be like, okay, well, like if you do a bunch of pull-ups and you like work on like matching your feet on small footholds, like you'll get better, you know, yeah. like there was, it was literally just like, all right, here goes. <laughs> um, but <laughs> this, this we had to have it. My, my dog, that's not going to be the last time. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so I guess I don't necessarily know the chain of events per se, but, but I started to do some junior competitions. That was kind of like my introduction to actually seeing other kids. This is ABS time? No, no, no. ABS hadn't even been invented yet. That was like 2000 yeah. maybe? So f originally it was EBS, which is Eastern Bouldering Series, which is, that's kind of cool cool ah. information um this is prior to that this is jcca which is junior competition climbing association which now it's gone through oh, a bunch I've of names heard of that but it's now us obviously usa climbing yeah. that yeah. we all know but so that was the original the original name for it and so um i mean this is yeah because at the gym at this point it was adults who would go to the gym because mm -hmm. they were like going to the gunks or just like enjoying a, I don't know, a workout or whatever, if they wanted to go climb. And so then, and then myself and like, I started to do these youth comps and like I did okay. But again, like, I mean, the competition wasn't like obviously anything <laughs> like it is today, yeah, right. but like, so I did well and like, it wasn't really that difficult to, to make it to the national because there just weren't that many kids at this point i mean this is the late 90s or early 2000s so i would like i remember i made the nationals and like I, I did okay but like i was always in the age group where i was competing against because of my birthday because it was always based upon birthdays and everything mm. like that so i always had to compete against like a year older yeah. kids uh. and also too like i mean i am very skinny now, but like as a kid, I was very, very skinny. <laughs> and so like, I'm, you know, I just hadn't grown muscle yet. I hadn't gone yeah. through puberty and everything like that. So kind of what I attribute to my getting decent at climbing was that I had to get technique mm -hmm. because I didn't have any strength. And so then, um, these two kids as well from like my area, uh, they started climbing and they got really into it and they were, um, a bit older than me and they were very strong, like, but they didn't have like this good of technique, but they were very strong. And so they started climbing at that gym and that was kind of like a catalyst for me of like, Oh wow. Like these people are like, these kids are strong. Like I want to like try and do the climbs that they're doing. But like, obviously like campusing was like out of the question or like holding slopers was like out of the question. <laughs> so I, I had to figure out ways, you know, it was yeah. like, okay, I need, I can't cut my feet. I can't do anything that these guys are doing. Like I remember one of them, do you guys remember the, the boss hold? Uh, yes. The pusher boss. Oh, yes. Mm. Yes. So one of them could like hang the boss with one arm. Damn. And I was like, man, like this is sick. And so, yeah. So, I mean, basically like it was like, I, I I'm, I'm a very, competitive person that I've always have been like if someone's better than me at something I want to be better than them and so I was like they got really strong really quickly and so all of a sudden I felt like oh man like these guys are better than me and I was like I will like in that my mind stand. in my mind like yeah I couldn't stand it like that's just like I cannot and I, I've always been this way which is what I think has helped me to get to where I am today mm -hmm. is 
I just like, if someone gets better than me at something, like I want to get better than them. And so it, <laughs> I'm going to go get that dog. Okay. God, man. <laughs> we'll, we'll maybe try to cut that. <laughs> no, literally. Every I think time. that's going to be your bread and butter of the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yuki's actually the third co-host. We exactly yeah, subtle, very yeah. subtle. Yeah. Okay. So um, you want to get better. So I wanted to get better. And so I just, you know, I was climbing constantly and obviously I wasn't as strong like I was saying. So I was just bettering my technique and like then, and then those, and then they were climbing up in the gunks because at this point, like early 2000s, 2001 to like 2004 ish, Mm -hmm. even before that, like 2000 to 2003, they were climbing up in the gunks, but then bouldering was kind of like becoming cool. Like post mandala. And post like yeah. dosage yeah. one. Yeah, exactly. Is when exactly. It broke. Exactly. That I've got a funny story about climbing videos. Please. I'll tell that one next. Okay. <laughs> so anyway, so they were climbing in the gunks and I was like, Oh, I want to do this. So then like I would start going to the gunks on the weekend and I was like, Okay, this is uh I, I felt like climbing outside worked a lot better for me. Because in the gym, we all know it's so much more powerful. Yeah. yeah. So outside, right. I was like, oh, I can like grab these really small holds that other people can't grab. They wouldn't have tape on them at the gym, you know what I yeah. mean? You're not restricted. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So I was, you know, I was like, oh, okay, this is really cool. And I liked climbing outside and I liked being outside and going to the gunks. It felt really special. And I was like, wow, this is this whole other kind of part of climbing <laughs> that's, that's like amazing. And so... Then I, again, like, I don't really know how this all happened, but I started to find out about other places, you know, Waco and I guess through videos really probably probably, just when they were like, yeah, like the dosages and all that type of stuff. And, and, um, and so, yeah, so I started to climb outside more and then, and so I really started to get into bouldering because that's what these two kids were into. And that's kind of like, I felt like I that is just what I really enjoyed to do. It's what they enjoyed to do. It kind of just made sense that like, that's what I would get into. And videos had anything to do with it. Yeah. And I'm sure like obviously watching Chris Sharma do the mandala and like watching free Waco and (laughs) 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 yeah. And I mean, you know, those guys, I mean like Dave and Chris, like being in those videos, I mean, those were like my heroes growing up. So like I'd watch that and then like, yeah, I mean free Waco. So I mean the funny video story is super simple, but, I got free Waco for Christmas one oh, year. Um, I was so stoked. I watched it. Saw Christian Arma sending all these things. Thought to myself, like, oh, I'll try bouldering. I bet I could do a V8. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was your goal. No, yeah. no. That's just like what I thought I'd go oh, to the okay. gym and just do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, just do it like yeah. apropos of nothing yeah. else. Like yeah. I can climb V8. And video. so like I went to the gym and I started because like <laughs> at this point now, I think they had just added this, like a little bouldering area to that gym. They went in New Jersey. Uh, okay. Yeah. So it had like this small bouldering area and there was a climb and it was like a V with like an O and then a line through it. And I was like, Oh, I guess that's an eight. Looks like, like, looks like a weird eight. <laughs> and so, so I did it and I was like, Oh, that was easy. And then I come down and they, it was V zero minus. Oh, <laughs> And You're like so, this V eight shit is easy, I man. Know. <laughs> and so that's like, yeah. So that was my intro to bouldering. <laughs> free so, Waco is my favorite climbing. No, video Free of all Waco time. is amazing. And so, yeah. So then, I learned about that, and then, 
like I said, you know, I was going, going to these competitions, doing the nationals, and I was meeting like-minded kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... Who were some of your contemporaries back then? Was that like the Ethan Pringle Yeah, days? Ethan was in my category, but he was a year older. So that's okay. kind of what I was saying. So like he would always win. Like yeah, he was he like, was he always won at nationals. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so like, but then like one year below me was John Cardwell, Daniel... Um, stacked yeah 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 exactly so so for whatever reason like i don't know ethan seemed like too cool or something i i don't know he just seemed like a lot older and like cooler or whatever and like you know now going forward 20 years like ethan's awesome and like whatever but at the time i felt like i don't know i in isolation I would like talk to Daniel and talk to John and Daniel and John were already friends at this point because Daniel is from Colorado and John from New Mexico. So like they would see each other at the comps. And so then I made friends with them. And then I remember, I, gosh, I would be 2002 ish. Maybe. Um, I remember Daniel was like, yeah, we're, we're going to go to Waco. Do you want to come? Oh. And I was like, yeah. Yes. <laughs> and so like, I remember like I flew to Colorado. What are you like 17 at this time? No, no, no. This 16? Been, yeah. Like 15 maybe. Wow. Let's go to Waco as a 15 yeah. year old. Yeah. No, I was like, this sounds awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and so like we, I went to Waco with them. And at this point it was I mean, Daniel was like leagues ahead, right? He, I mean, he was, I remember that trip he did, Crown of Aragorn. And he was like, wow. Four, wow. He was like 14. <laughs> Jesus. Unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. And, and I was like, oh my gosh. Because at this <laughs> point, like I had then like the two kids at the gym, like I was kind of like at that point where I was getting muscle and I was like, oh wow. Like I'm, I, I, I was like out climbing them now. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, well, like I'm doing the hard stuff that, that they're not doing in the gunks. But then... I like went on this trip and I was like, oh my gosh, like here's another person that like is like a step above what I have even fathomed. Because at this point, you know, like none of those trad climbers or people that were climbing at that gym were even like coming remotely close. No, your horizons are just like expanding. Yeah every single day yeah exactly and so like those kids they they were older than i was so they were you know they were setting boulder problems at the gym and everything like that and so we were climbing on them but then as soon as i saw like this i was like whoa you know like this was kind of like this whole new world where it was people my age that were climbing super hard because at this point i feel like my hardest climb was maybe v11 V10, V11. So, what like, to see sissy. someone, <laughs> fourteen-year-old only Damn. climbing V11, <laughs> loser. <laughs> oh, I, I put up a vid- that video the other day. So it's 2003 is when I did my first V11. Yep. So wow, that was so. But yeah, in that time period, you know. So it's like in that time period. So then I'm seeing what Daniel's doing and. Like at that point, that's kind of like when he made his like, like, wow, this kid is, is going to be one of the best in the world. I remember those days. And so, you know, he did the, he did crown. And then I remember he came back to Colorado and like, he put up Etchelay and did Centaur and like all of this, like basically around 15 years old. And so I, I mean, at that point I was like, okay, well, if I'm going to be, if I want to be as good as him, I, I need 
to live in Colorado. Yeah. Like that, there was, that was like kind of like my thought process is like, I feel like I'm very held back. Yeah. You know, obviously like you are. Yeah, I was absolutely. I mean, there was no, no real progression that I could make at, in being in New Jersey anymore. Mm-hmm. So graduated high school and then I moved to Boulder yeah. at, at 18 and then, um, yeah. And then from that point forward, I mean, it was like, I was able to train with him with the other really strong climbers at the time. And like a lot of those guys, I mean, some of them you don't even see anymore, but yeah, I mean, you know, people like Luke parody and then like Dave would be in and out of Boulder, like traveling and I'd get yeah. to see him climb. Yeah. And at that point, I mean, you know, I mean, Dave and Chris were obviously still like people that were the forefront of what, hard rock climbing was i mean that was their that was their heyday yeah Yeah, exactly exactly. i mean they were doing hard boulders they were in every single movie Mm -hmm. they were doing hard routes and so um you know dave would come in and like i'd get to see him climb and then i mean kind of like from 16 to 18 i was climb i was like coming here to climb with daniel in the summer and go to rocky mountain national park and so i you know, I was seeing nothing but sunshine and I saw like the centaur and like the Jorge's and sunspot and like all these things. Like, and so like, I was like, Oh wow. Like I, you know, I want to do all these things. So like just mind blowing for a kid from the East coast. (laughs) No, of course. This is what bouldering looks like. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And to like feel the holds and like be able to climb on these climbs and then kind of like, I was spending as much time as I possibly could not in New Jersey, obviously Mm -hmm. like throughout my high school years, like on spring break, it was like, okay, I'm going to go to Bishop and like, and then, and then that's like really when I started to like get noticed as a climber. Like it was like, I think one of my last years in high school, like I did the swarm and the mandala set in a day. And then, Oh my God, that's a nice day. Yeah. A great (laughs) day. day. That's just a great day. (laughs) (laughs) And then, and then I moved to Colorado and like, I'd obviously I'd climbed a lot in the park, but like right when I moved to Colorado, like two months earlier, Daniel had done Jade called it V15. I moved to Colorado and then I did the second ascent of yeah. Jade. And then Ooh. it was like, from that point forward, it was like Daniel and I were like, boom, 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 yeah, boom. And you guys were in progression. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Crazy. Exactly. And so like, you know, and then, you know, he put up the game and then I put up lucid dreaming yeah. and then like we were, and then back then too in the competitions like most of the time he would win but like there were a couple times where like i beat him and stuff like Mm -hmm. that which like i was like oh my gosh like yeah you know and that was like like for me like i've said like you know i'm a very competitive person when it comes to like what i do and if i if i actually put my mind to it like i i just want to do the best that I possibly can. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of what it was. So like, as long as I had someone that I felt like I was within like an arm's reach of, that was like huge for me. That was your carrot. Yeah, exactly. That was the carrot because, you know, I mean, obviously like if I was to start something, another sport and like you see LeBron or something like that, like <laughs> obviously it's like, you know, it's like, it's so unfathomable, unfathomable that like yeah. you just can't even picture it. But <clears throat> At that point, when I was like 20 years old, it was like, like I, 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 I could be the best. Like there was like yeah. that, that carrot where I was like, I, like right now on any given day, like maybe I am, 
Like, yeah, there was a point where I could have been like on any given day, like in, on like I could have been the best like in the world in, in for bouldering. That and is so, crazy. You just said like it's like LeBron. It's hard to think about, but it isn't hard to think about. It's directly relatable. Mm hmm. But I mean, what's that feeling like when you're a kid? Is is there a struggle with ego or anything with, or, no, or is it just fascinating? I think I think always my um, my competition has always been with myself because, and I think that that's obvious. That's been kind of my way of never really having an ego because if I did become the best or I was close to the best or whatever it was, it was because I was doing it for me. It wasn't mm -hmm. like I was trying. No, I didn't want to like, like do something before Daniel, cause it's going to make me feel better and I'm going to be able to brag about it. It was just like, if I do it before someone or I'm climbing better than someone at the gym that day, it just, it was kind of like self-fulfilling, like a pat on my own back. Yeah. is kind of how I reflective about of your it. hard work. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Which is exact. That's just how I've always thought about like anything I've put hard work into. It's never, because I want to brag. It's just, yeah, just because I put the hard work in and I'm happy for what I've done. Yeah. God, it's just mind boggling to talk to you and know that you've had that experience of yeah. like Tuesday, January 23rd of 2003, I was the best boulder on the planet. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, really yeah, that's I mean, fucking wild yeah. to have that feeling and to like not have any ego about it. I think it would be difficult. A little yeah. bit. What about you? What, what <laughs> What's your ego like, Jeremy? Jeremy. No, ego. no. I was going to say, what ego. drove you? Were you uh, or are you competitive in the same vein? Mm -hmm. Like, I wonder if most top tier climbers are like <laughs> the competition dry, um, is, is a major, major driver. I think it's very similar to Paul and maybe not so much like as like if i like see someone do something in the gym or something and i do it before them i'm not i don't have that sensation of just like oh i'm climbing better and like whatever like that i'm just like oh cool you succeeded and i want to succeed too mm -hmm. i don't i've never been a competitive person i've been in like competitive sports throughout my life and like i would always like have this weird feeling every, every time that i would do like track or baseball or anything i'm just like oh we beat you and you all look sad, but like, sorry, you know, <laughs> like we were just better that day. And it's just like, yeah. it's an interesting feeling. Um, but yeah, the whole ego thing. One thing I wanted to touch on, uh, what, what I thought was interesting was when Paul was like, I need to just get out of New Jersey because I had that yeah, very, very that. similar yeah. sensation. And obviously from the same place, it's yeah. like, you know, he mentioned the gunks and there's a couple other bouldering places that we would go to and frequent, but like, yeah, you just feel like you're just like getting held back. You're getting held back. And then like you just move to like Colorado like I did, like Paul did, like many other people do that want to take climbing a little bit more seriously. And then all of a sudden you're just like surrounded with these people. Yeah. And I think I've mentioned it with you guys before, but you're just like you're surrounded by these people. And it's like almost like going to an Ivy League school or something where it's yeah. just like you're just like, oh, you're pulled up. And like to physically see something done in person is just like a weird sensation to me. And like when nowadays I'm like, I'm climbing with Paul and like some of these other top tiered athletes. And it's just like, you see them do the moves and you're like, oh, wow. Like, how'd you do that? And they're like almost there to like help you coach through. Yeah. And that's why like, you know, Paul's an awesome friend, but he's also like a good coach and a mentor in a lot of ways because he's just like, oh, well, like 
I did this move like this, like this subtleness of like, you know, however many years you've been climbing for, like really shows and like he can explain it really, really well to me. And it just like, it's hard for me to like just look at a video and be like, oh, they twisted yeah. their foot like that. Such a disconnect. It, yeah. When you see it in real life, yeah. the, it's like possibility flowers yeah. inside mm. of you. You're like, ah, yeah, <laughs> a, a real human I can touch yeah. right now uh-huh. just did that. And and it it's an interesting sensation. Feedy <laughs> just a, touched me, but I've, just, ne- I've never climbed anything hard. So, <laughs> but it's it, it's also an interesting sensation when like you do meet people like Paul, and again we're we're friends at this point, or like some of these top tier athletes, where you just like you see them trip or you see them drink water or something. You're like, oh, that's like a normal person too. Yeah, and you're just like, oh, like he's a normal person. I'm a normal person. I can do that too. Mm-hmm. And it kind of opens up that door, especially once you kind of like hang so out true. with these guys and you're just like oh you're just a normal person like i just saw you trip up the stairs coming up this way <laughs> exactly. and just like oh it, you know it's it's just interesting you know yeah it's a it's a funny thing that yeah. climbing doesn't spawn many like divas mm-hmm. like if you, I, I have a feeling like if you did meet lebron james you'd be like That's you're a not a fucking normal person yeah. <laughs> like yeah. you are that's, that's what like hundreds star. of millions of dollars does to you. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Superstar that's what we status. don't have in climbing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, we need to work on that. Yeah, we're working or maybe on it. not though. Yeah, hundred million. Yeah, maybe just a million here. Yeah. I'd take a mil. Maybe get you guys some Honold money. Yeah, done. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, but again, you know, I saw him at the gym the other day, and he's just like keeps keeps it mellow. Yeah. Keeps yeah. It real I mean, and... he's a totally. I mean, as normal as Alex Honnold can be. He's yeah, a, of course. Because yeah. he's a you know unique guy, but he's totally just a normal yeah. dude with yeah. something <laughs> broken in oh, his yeah. head. No, I mean, <laughs> something's going on yes. up there. Yeah, I don't know what's going on, but something. So you move to Boulder, mm-hmm. and you start school. Mm-hmm. And one of the interesting things that I was thinking, we were just talking about athletics. So college athletes can't be pro. It's like a law right yeah. if you're if you're playing baseball mm-hmm. you can't be a professional baseball player you have to give up your amateur yeah. status yeah. you can still be in college yeah but you can but you were a professional athlete and a college student at the same time it's true like how is that juggling act well and well, were you bitter well, about no, going to college too <laughs> <laughs> well a couple things one what's kind of funny is that at this point colleges didn't have climbing teams yeah. So that was like kind of irrelevant, right? Yeah, right you know, right. so, uh, but um, it was it was tough in a lot of ways, but at the end of the day, I'm definitely glad I did it. Um, I think were you it, glad at the time? No. Or were no, you no, rebelling? No, no, it? no, no. At the time, I, I remember I told my parents that I was going to move to Colorado and that I was not going to go to school, even though I'd already gotten in to see you. Mm-hmm. And they were like livid with yeah, me. Really? Oh, livid. They were like they were like, You can go to see you and we'll help you financially. Because at this point I wasn't really making money from climbing. So it was like right. I had nothing. I would have had to get a job. Mm-hmm. Um and or you can move out of the house at eighteen and you're good to go. Do whatever you want. And so yeah, exactly. Which is yeah. but like, you know, obviously it was very aired towards But they they yeah. were also like, but you're not gonna do that. You're yeah. gonna go to yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. Which is which is what I did. And <clears throat> at the time it was tough because that was right around the time that Daniel was graduating from high school as well. Yeah. So mm-hmm. 
he w- it was like boom okay i'm graduated i'm going to switzerland i'm <laughs> going to fawn i'm going to yeah. rocklands like there was no sense of time. There was no sense of like a schedule or whatever straight from academic responsibility. Yeah, responsibility really besides just going climbing. And so, oh, God, no, I know still, still my beating heart. That sounds pretty good. <laughs> yeah. And, and so, and at that point too, I mean, he had, he had, because this is prior to doing Jade prior to like a lot of this stuff, this was that decision making time when it was like, okay, what am I going to do with my life? So like, you know, he, he had a career in climbing Yeah. at this point. Like I, I don't, obviously I don't know how much he was making, but you know, I, I imagine he was making enough that he could live on the cheap and, and be able to travel exactly. a little bit. And so I, I was not at that point. So thankfully I made the smart decision and kind of like took my parents guidance thanks mom and dad yeah. <laughs> yeah. did you feel like lost on an island a bit this uh, to lose that or maybe to be saddled with responsibility when all of your other friends are just like yeah gaining their wings and flying oh, yeah. away from the nest. i mean at that like, point i gotta go to fucking art 101 <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh, I, I mean at that point there there was not a single person okay there was one person one person that i would climb with who was going to school Everyone else was. Who is that? Let's give him a shout out. That was Ben Safty. <laughs> ben. Shout out, Ben. Do you know? Do you know Ben? No, I just. Oh. No, he's, <laughs> he's got to give oh. him a shout out. No, no, Ben. Ben was like doing his master's degree in some cra- some physics or something crazy it, like that. And so, besides that, it was like everyone else. And that, what I've also seen too, which is really interesting, is that the females in our sport tend to go the like university college path, but yes. then. The males never do. Yeah. And so I kind of felt like... What I was, your, wait, t- let's, bear, let's dig into that a little bit. Why do you think that is? <laughs> They're smarter than us. <laughs> <laughs> that is the correct answer. That is a very good answer. <laughs> and we mean it. We absolutely yeah, mean I it. I totally agree with <laughs> yeah. you. And, and that's not to mature. say that, like, you know, obviously, like, there's a lot of people that come out of college that, like, are massively in debt. And yeah. they it wasn't maybe it wasn't the right decision for them to make and so yeah so i mean in a lot of ways like sure i think it was kind of it was good for me to go because it kind of allowed me to spread my wings a little bit and still have like a little bit of financial support from my parents Mm -hmm. in that regard that was huge because i mean who knows i mean like i would have had to work a nine to five job so at the same time like i would have moved here and i probably would have had less time and so, right, exactly. You know, yeah. So it it kind of felt like a blessing in a lot of ways. Like, yes, I was jealous. Like, I was like, wow. Like, I would for sure. Like, I'd love to go to Switzerland to go climbing for two months. Like, that would have been amazing. But what it also did was it allowed me to train in an environment that was very conducive to me getting stronger. Mm-hmm. It. Uh, this was during a time period when competition climbing was, uh, well, I wasn't like parkour. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, it was, it was yeah, actually so like it, it, you know, if you climbed well outside, you could actually still do well in a competition type yeah, of thing. Yeah, a hard climb was like yeah, they no would, more greener grasses. Yeah, and they would, or the, and they would set that like mm-hmm. at a comp. Um, and so... You know, and and the thing is, is too, is is Colorado. Yes, I'd been here for maybe two or three three week trips in the past, 
but like it was still, it was such a new place. It's endless. Yeah, it, it was endless. And, and so it really wasn't that big of a deal. And my parents did not force me to take 18 credits at a time or anything right. like that. Like it was like, as long as you're like going to graduate, they were like, you got five years, do it in five. Get your 12 credits a yeah, semester. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And so, and that's what I did. And, um, and, and yeah, I mean like, yes, it was tough, but at the end of the day, I think that it helped me to get to the point where I am today. It helped me in realizing that, um, you know, being on top of my schedule and like being responsive to sponsors and making sure that I'm, mm. I, if I, if I say I'm going to do something by yeah. a day, I do it by a day because Every single time I go to a trade show or meet with my sponsors that only sponsor like climbers, you know, like let's say like Cliff Bar or something, sponsor a ton of athletes. Sure. But like if it's like a, like just a like a, yeah, exactly. It's always the same thing. Like you are by far the best athlete <laughs> that we ever deal with because I, I you know, I actually respond to an email right? It, or like I make a phone call or if I say I'm going to make a video and I'm going to put a logo in the front. I actually even make the video and <laughs> I put the Crazy. logo in the front. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's impressive because at this time you were still climbing extremely well. So that's, that's awesome. Kudos to you for doing that. Um, but then after college, you kind of pursued that lifestyle as well, right? Like you kind of yep. had the, yep. and was that a change in terms of gaining sponsorships or was it just the, the, the buildup of all the time in college, I guess. Um, so what I think that that did to me that was very beneficial is it made me realize how valuable free time was. Mm -hmm. And so when I did graduate, yeah, it was like the what? craziest nine months of my life because I was like, I'm climbing every day <laughs> and I don't care because I don't have to go to school tomorrow. Oh, but, it's just the best yeah, feeling. Yeah, exactly. It was, it was the best feeling. And I, I remember I did, I, 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 I took my last two courses online from Europe and oh, I, yeah, I lived, I lived in Europe for nine months and then I went to South Africa after that, and it was like, I was like, ah, this is the life. Oh, and then God. at that point, it was like, from that point forward, it was, I had the sponsors. I could, I, you know, my, I, my family was no longer helping me. Like with so support. You're a pay, when so you graduate, point, you're a paid athlete. Like you're yes. living. So off like it. probably by junior year of college, I was making enough to support myself. Nice. And wow, then that's great. senior year, same thing more than graduating. And it was like, wow, like I can, I can travel, I can climb, I can, it's incredible. I can just do what I want. And I'm, I'm making enough money now that there, I mean, you know, Obvious, obviously I'm not making millions, but like I'm making enough money that I can do exactly what I want to do. Dude, do you ever reflect on not lucky? I'm not saying lucky, how like amazing that is. Like, do you oh, ever just every think, single I can't day. believe nine years old, I didn't know what climbing is and yeah. now it's my career. Oh. <laughs> oh, I mean, it is lucky in a lot of ways. And, and yeah, I mean, once I kind of realized that it was a career, there was nothing that I wanted to do besides that and 
and, and you know, and, and it is so lucky because I mean, how many people go to college, graduate, and then are like, I don't know what I want to do. Yeah. And they well, just spend four years of their life in college and then they're graduating and they're like, uh, I hate what I got my degree in. <laughs> I think that's more of a systemic failure of uh, culture in the oh, United States. No, I mean, there's, I mean, there's, we, we, could, there. we could go <laughs> we into a million, a million things about that. But I mean, it, I felt so lucky that probably by the age of 14, you knew, I knew like that. I was going to make this, I was going to make this what I do every single day because, you know, uh, that, that's how I'd be the happiest. And you're, I read somewhere where you said climbing is the only thing I've ever done that I never get sick of. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. It's true. I mean, you know, it's, it's kind of crazy because like I've tried so many other things and I like, I mean, I like a lot of other things and I've been like when I, in my early twenties, like I started surfing with some mm -hmm. friends and I was like, Oh, this is awesome. And, and I thought, wow, this sport's like, maybe this sport's just as cool. Yeah. And then like, I did like a two week surf trip and then that, and like 10 days in, I'm like, man, I freaking miss climbing. Yeah. And it's just like, and, and yeah, and there's nothing in this world that I have found that like, yeah, I mean, you know, I climbed today and I'm looking forward to climbing tomorrow. Every day. Every day. 20, and that's the yeah. same way you feel too, Jeremy. Yeah, I mean. Because there's a difference between the lifer and somebody that you can look at. And I see these people all the time. You look at them in the eyes. You see them at the gym. Or you see them at the crag. And you're like, yeah, it's not going to last. <laughs> like, I can, I can see the passion right now, but you're going to wash out. But there are people who are just lifers. Yeah. Yeah. And. And I would say that I'm a lifer for sure. And it's just like, it's cool to see these people that have been climbing for so long that are still motivated on it. Like yeah. that are lifers and been climbing for like 30 plus years or something. You're like, oh, like I feel the same way Paul does. And, and many, many other people that, that climb do where it's just like, I haven't found anything else that even remotely comes close to like the pleasure and yeah. the amount of fun and the motivation I have for climbing. Um, yeah, but I agree. Yeah, you ever just, do those like brain teases that like if if you had to give up this, would you for that? Like I always think uh, if yeah. somebody mm -hmm. said to me, if you could never read another word outside of like work or safety, would you give up climbing for that? And that's the only thing I would give up climbing for. If I could never read another book. Mm. I'm not a reader, so I would just be like, You'd be like I, can, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care about reading. Stop signs and directions is all I need. That's true. true. <laughs> I think that's the only thing I would ever give up. Well, what about you? You probably, you wouldn't give up porn for climbing. <laughs> <laughs> I think I would. Oh, oh, I'm just hunting <laughs> for something. I have a question for Paul. I mean, recently Paul and I have been doing like a lot of like, he's building a house up in the mountains. Whoa. And I always make fun of him. I was like, you've never actually had a real job, like blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but like, we're up there hustling. Like chopping down like oh, that's 300 where you're like trees. clearing the yeah. trees. Yeah. I mentioned that yeah, last yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. We're <laughs> hustling and we're chopping down trees and I'm expecting Paul to be like, oh, I don't feel like working. But his work ethic is like on top of it. And I've worked with him with like video stuff and this, that, and he's obviously on top of that. Do you think that work ethic came from your time in, in college? And without that time in college, 
do you think your work ethic, let's just say chopping down trees on your land that you're building your house on, would you, let's just say you didn't go to college, would you just be like this mm. lazy person sitting on the side being like, I'm paying you 15 bucks an hour to chop down my trees, <laughs> chop down my trees. Because that's not the case. It's He's 20, like, Jeremy. It's 20. <laughs> I know how much I pay you. <laughs> And he's drinking iced tea when he tells you that. Please. Harder, Jeremy. But he's making me work in the sun. It's very hot. No, okay, $20 now. Whatever. I was just hypothetically speaking. Do you think that work ethic came from going to college? And if you didn't go to college, you wouldn't have the work ethic? No, no, no. I, I think it I think just came from just like my family growing up. Yeah, in good a lot parents of ways. go a yeah. long ways. Yeah, my parents, like, you know, both were very hardworking individuals and they instilled that into both my brother and I. And I think regardless of high school, college, whatever it is, I, you know, I think, I think I'd still have the same outlook on yeah. all of that. I just thought it was interesting because again, I've seen you like, and we've worked in like a lot of video stuff where it's mm-hmm. just been like, Oh, like obviously this is the work that you like to do. And then I was like, obviously honestly taken back and like surprised and like, I don't know, just, inspired i was like okay he's like actually working like i should actually work too for, for my 20 dollars <laughs> an 20 hour $20? yeah 20 20, <laughs> 20. It, was, it was good rate good rate yeah i mean <laughs> that's hard work though it was hard yeah. work yeah remember what just a funny story he's like yeah dude here's my property and we went up day one i was like what are all these blue marks on the trees dude He's like, those are the trees we have to chop down. Like and it was thousands. like, it was a forest. Oh, at least 200. At least 200. It was like 300 trees. And oh he's like, God. check out this chainsaw. And it was like this three inch blade <laughs> that you like take off the <laughs> I was too, I was too scared to buy the big one. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'd never used so. one before. Well, Jeremy's like, oh, that's fucking Hey, great. we know that's what happened cute. to Tommy. Yeah. yeah. No, exactly. <laughs> I was terrified. I mean, the first day we went up there, I was like, I was I was telling KB, yeah. my wife, I was like, I, I hope I come down. <laughs> I hope I well, make it. <laughs> well, we, we, had a, we had a friend, and I think I mentioned it. He, like, fell a, a tree, and it rent up his shin. Oh, and we had yes. to rush yeah. down yeah. on, like, the third or fourth yeah. day that yeah. we were yeah. up there. Log, logging is serious. Man. Oh, yeah. No, I it's mean, all, it's are you guys done, though. Are you guys yeah. building the, like, a, using that wood to build a house? I'm building a house. Next You're to building house. Oh, <laughs> Jeremy I'm just still, lives in I'm this little I'm still trying shack. to convince yeah. his his wife, Katharina, to let me build a house, and she's like, "No, no, 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 no." no, no. People leave Paul's um, house. They're like, "Oh, is that the outhouse?" No, that's You're Jeremy's like, no, home. that's where Jeremy lives. <laughs> I'm just like waving <laughs> through the one window. Yeah. Here's our window in it. Um, <laughs> we will use it. We'll use a majority of it for firewood. Oh, so um, okay. yeah, because we'll have a wood burning stove. So hopefully, we can heat. The majority of the house. Use it. For, <laughs> Jeremy, it's in pieces like this big. <laughs> but this is like the running joke that we had yeah. with Katharina, and she's just like, absolutely. <laughs> Jeremy just wants to be with his good friend Paul. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, down, the hill. Down, the down the hill. Down the hill. In the fireplace. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh God, yeah, but funny. I mean, I think, you know, hopefully we'll be able to like make little bits of furniture or something Sweet. like that. That's but awesome. yeah, I want to use all of it. In some regard, yeah. because yeah, obviously, you know, it sucked to have to chop all those trees <laughs> down. But I mean, it was impossible to build a house without doing so. So just want to spend some time. Nice work, Jeremy. Yeah. Thanks. And Jeremy was up there working hard. Yeah. <laughs> when we unlike, interviewed unlike you my in other friends. <laughs> yeah. We had a couple of our friends come up and like, I don't even know if they were getting paid. They were just hanging. I hope they were just hanging out. They, yeah. Thankfully. Fernando. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just like 
like, on, like his on his phone, phone playing yeah. games as like, like Jeremy uh, and I are like carrying like 60 I, pounds of logs across like, the lot. I'm like, dude, yeah. look at Fernando. I hope you're not paying him. He's like, oh, he's only getting $15. <laughs> <laughs> you're getting 20 because I know you're hustling. <laughs> Shout out to guys? Fernando. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are to come down from the mountains. These like jacked lumber. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, but yeah. yeah. It took us a while. We finally cleared most of it yeah we just have pretty to bring much up a little bit more. yeah pretty much a lot but i've it's been the dirt's going down it's been a really fun process because it's something i never really would have expected to learn you know all of these crazy things that yeah. you just don't really you know like especially up in the mountains yeah i mean it was like this yeah 45 degrees. well and the house is at like nine thousand feet too so i mean Dang. you're like working hard up there yeah but like you know defensible space for for <laughs> fires and making sure yeah. all the trees are chopped down and then like also like mm-hmm. working with different engineers to make sure the driveway oh. works but then like the fire department has to come in and like you have to have your driveway this long and like oh. it's a crazy process but it's cool because i felt like i mean as i'm i'm sure you can imagine from everything i've said like just learning things is always so exciting to me yeah and it's been a massive learning experience and so whenever i meet with like a builder or someone that i need to talk to they're always like whoa, like you know what you're talking about. Well, another thing is when you learn those kind of, uh, tra- you learn tradecraft, right? Yeah. At the end of it, you're always like, fuck, I can't believe people pay other people to do this. Like, yeah. no. it's actually not that hard. No. Oh, you oh, know, yeah. it's just prohibitive because it seems, you know, like trigonometry. Like how do I set tile in the back? How do I put a toilet in? Mm-hmm. How do we take it off? Yeah. How do I yeah, install that's the a next medicine thing we're going to have to learn? Yeah. We're gonna. Paul's gonna hire me for twenty dollars an hour to install a. You guys should start a YouTube channel. Paul and Jeremy build a house. <laughs> That's gonna be would, the front page. I would watch that. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Jefferson County rolls up and is like, "No, we are not signing off on this." No. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, turn off the cameras, boys. <laughs> no, no. But honestly, it's like Paul never used a chainsaw, but at the end of chopping down all the trees, he was like more competent than I was, and I was like, "I've been doing this my whole life," and he's like. Get out of the way, Jeremy. <laughs> and like we would just be using, yeah, using like the, the big, big, the big boy ones. And oh. we, mm-hmm. you would just like let the weight of the chainsaw just yes. go through. And Paul and I are like, dude, we wasted so much time. <laughs> we should have just bought one of these <laughs> chainsaws. These chainsaws get they get through these like I don't know eighteen nah, inch yeah. trees and. Fifteen seconds, seconds, probably. Whereas, Whereas Jeremy and I would be like switching <laughs> spots to get through a tree. Oh for God, like, this was oh, it would take it would take like minutes, minutes yeah, to minutes. do a single cut. Yeah, dude. Yeah. dude. But we guys, the the worker, it's like climbing lucid dreaming in EBS <laughs> with bison chalk. With bison chalk, exactly. Are you guys like V ten house house or tree choppers? Now? No, no, like, no, no, not no, quite. No. Okay, V four, no. yeah. Chop talk. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Paul, I have a question yeah. for you. Yeah. So your 2000s were defined by <laughs> pursuing, sorry, just thinking about the trees, <laughs> pursuing cutting edge boulders, the limits, pushing the limits. Mm. How would you describe your, like the past, I guess the 2010s to you kind of, you've kind of transitioned mm. more from just being out there to producing your own content, mm-hmm. producing media and sort of taking a different, You've honestly, you have adapted very well to the current, like, yeah, like media climate, I guess, if that's a way to yeah, say it. Yeah, I guess, I guess, yes, I, I agree. Um, but 
basically in doing so trying to maintain that core aspect mm-hmm. because I feel like it is very easy to just kind of go like media heavy yeah. and kind of be like, you know, a media whore in, in a lot of ways, which like I, I've never wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, that's never been my goal. Um, however, I guess I think like 2010, um, 2010. 2010 was when I did uh, lucid dreaming and yeah. then 2011 is when I graduated from college. So then that 2010 to 2014 ish yeah. time period was kind of that, like just travel and climb yeah. as much as I possibly could and do as many hard climbs and mm-hmm. first ascents or whatever that I kind of was passionate about at the time. But what happened was is in that 2010 to 2012 time period, I was working with a lot of photographers and videographers Mm -hmm. and I would always ask them questions like, Oh, well, you know, why are you using that lens? Or like, what, you know, what are your settings or whatever it may be. And so, um, eventually one of them was like, just why don't you just go get a camera? Like if you're so interested by this and, and, and I, I saw this like massive, um, disparity kind of because you had the client the poor climber but then you had this like very like well-off videographer and you're like well this doesn't make much sense chuck freiberger with his red out there (laughs) yeah well i just i mean anyone you know chuck josh like the the big up guys and it was like these guys are like oh yeah dude we'll film you for like a month and like here's 500 bucks and you're like you're like dude (laughs) like this doesn't really make much yeah, sense because yeah, yeah. you're going to do a, a film point, tour man. and make like a hundred grand and I'm going to get 500 bucks. And I'm thinking to myself, like I'm watching what you guys are doing and like, I could just, I could do this myself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and so like being a person that likes to, to at least think that they're creative and, and try and be creative in, in the best ways I can it kind of just made sense. I was like, well, this would be really fun. Like, because if I can take the media into my own hands, like I can be of more value to my sponsors, which inherently will allow me to get paid more, which inherently will then allow me to travel more and climb more, climb more and do the things that I want to do more. And also I can be creative and I can produce my own media because also too, I mean, when you do an interview with someone and, they can spin it however they want, right? Yes. Which, like, thankfully, I've never had an interview or, like, a video where I've been like, oh, wow, like, I'm very unhappy with, like, how Wait you... Wait till we chop this one yeah. up. <laughs> I, know. Yeah. I was like, oh, boy. Awesome. It was the first time for everything, Paul. 1,500 people are going to hear it. <laughs> oh, get it. Get it. Get it. Yeah, suck it, Dave. Oh. I was podcasting, Dave. All right, you win, Robinson. <laughs> <laughs> nice podcast <laughs> yeah. um, podcasting seems pretty hard Dave $15 an hour we're gonna post about it do not watch this this is a bad podcast you know everyone right. would click it then we'll get let's, it let's just forget about what just happened and carry on <laughs> but but it, it just it felt really fun to kind of take that kind of uh, that over and and it was it was it was cool because I could kind of uh, create an audience and create um, media that I wanted to put out, and that at that time, I mean, I remember 
I was the, my over in my first trip to Europe, I was like selling videos to BD and they would be posting them. And it was like, you know, I climb for a week, have like three climbs in a video and, you know, maybe sell it to BD for like 500 bucks. And I'm like, this is sick. Like, yeah, that's like another, that's another three weeks of living. Yeah, Seriously, you know, yeah. and then and then like I would sell a video to Prana for a thousand bucks or something. And I'm like, oh, like this is awesome. And so like it was kind of this like constant thing of like if I just keep doing this, like this this is going to be allow me to keep climbing and traveling. And and I also it was also something that I really enjoyed. And then also at the same time, you know, in the beginning my first camera was like one of those little Canon rebels, yeah. you know? which badass back in the day. No, no, of course, of course. And like a great starter camera and everything yes. like that. And, and then, but then, you know, I mean, obviously like I saw Chuck with like a red and like yeah. all these guys and like, and then at the time I remember like the five D Mark two came out and that was like the Ooh. first camera that was shooting like pretty good DSLR That's what you have, video. Right? Yeah. I love that camera. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, great camera. Mm -hmm. And so like, and so then, I was like, okay, well, like, you know, I, I obviously, I wasn't going to just like, I, mean, I couldn't afford it anyway, but like, it didn't, wouldn't have made sense. Like, oh, I'm just going to go buy a red. Right. Yeah. And oh, so Jesus. like, I wouldn't even known what I was doing. So, <laughs> exactly. but like, but like, again, just like with my climbing and like being like kind of the competitive person that I am, I wanted to sell these videos, but also create content that was engaging. And that wasn't just this kind of like, Oh, here's a send clip that mm -hmm. we see yeah. all the time. Like it's just these like one angle static shot, may, probably not even static. Cause it's some dude just like holding an iPhone. <laughs> you got it, yeah, exactly. And then like, yeah, and then like it pans up and you can't even see the guy anymore. Cause the sky's like completely bleached. Uncut. All. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I don't know why that's cool, but uncut, <laughs> uncut footy, bro. Yeah. But anyway, that was kind of like, and there were not many, there, there were really no athletes at that point doing their own media. No. And I so I was like a single one. Well, I want to compete with these, these big guys because again, my, just the nature of who I was, it was like, well, if they can do it, then like, I just want to do it better. Yeah. And so like, so I was like, all right, well, like if I make some, some money, like I'll buy myself a nice lens. And then like, I got a nice lens. And then like, I was like, all right, well then if I make some more, like I'm going to re I kept reinvesting yep. is kind of what it came down to. And so then like I upgraded my camera and then I was like, all right, well maybe now I'll make like a, like a, a little feature length film and I'll sell it. And I was like, Oh wow. Like this is, this actually can make a good amount of money. And so then like, then I was like going back to making these like shorts for online and, and just constantly like pushing myself to and that be was uncharted lines, by the way. Chase no, no, no. My Schengen files, Schengen files. Yeah. Schengen. <laughs> oh, we wow. got a fan over here. <laughs> that. Files. Yep. Yep. Schengen files was my first film that I made that I sold. Okay. And that one, that one was very short. It was like 25 minutes and it was, it captured my first trip to font and then it culminated with my, uh, the second ascent of the story of two worlds oh, in Switzerland. Okay. And that was that film. But again, like, I mean, you know, crunk, like in, <laughs> in terms of like where I am now, Yeah. <laughs> but like, but I mean, you know, we all have to have a starting point. That's right. I mean, I look back and I watch it and I'm like, Whoa, I know when the starting point is captured on video though, yeah. that's a little yeah. bit different. Yeah. It's bad. It's bad. <laughs> but, but again, and then, and so it was this, like, 
I was constantly like reading up on like camera techniques and like, you know, watching movie, like Hollywood movies and being like, oh, wow. Like, you know, how do they get this shot where like they walk through a room and like nothing, you know, it's stable. Right. Yeah. That was like new. That was like foreign to me. I was like, oh, wow. Like there's these things called dollies or gimbals, you know, I mean, like or like whatever it may be that you can that like I was like, all right, well, like this would be really cool to bring into climbing. And like and then then I mean, I remember I was like one of like the early adopters of a drone. Like I, mm-hmm. I, my very first drone, my friend and I built Fernan- oh, wow. Fernando. No way. Yeah. Fernando. He actually, he actually worked That lazy hard. bastard yeah. built a drone. Huh? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's going to yeah. sit down. <laughs> <laughs> Fernando built a drone with me. And then that night we, he was like, let's fly it. It was like 3 a.m. Uh, when oh. we finished it. And we were in my apartment and I was like, dude, we should go outside. And he's like, no, dude, it'll be fine. Oh my God. No. (laughs) He takes off off and he just flies it straight into the wall. (laughs) (laughs) I thought you were going to catch it. Oh God. (laughs) Did it break? No, it's not actually okay. Yeah. But anyway, we like built this thing. It was awesome. Like it came like in all these pieces and like nowadays people have it so easy. You just just order it. It comes in the mail. You like turn it on and you can fly. Super simple. But back then, then it was you had to buy all the pieces and so like there was kind of like you, you'd have the shell and you'd have all of like and then but you had to have like a like a tx and an rx for the video and i like we attached a gopro and we like built yeah, this little wow. gimbal and like we you know i had like this monitor but it was like um oh god i don't even know what the signal was but it wasn't it wasn't like the signal today because the signal today, I mean, you can go yeah, it's like insane. a mile away and like you'll still actually have video coming back to you. Mm-hmm. Um, but back then, I mean, dude, I would take it like 200 <laughs> feet away and the things like it's like it's like an old school <laughs> yeah. TV, like gray lines <laughs> like, coming oh, no, down. Yeah. I'm like, we're losing it, Fernando. I, I think I, <laughs> I, I live I, back, Fern. I think I see the climber. <laughs> <laughs> and then and so what then you was this. Can we get a year? 2012 yeah give or take okay. give or take because it was like the phantom one like Damn. the original phantom man that's crazy that's a, that's yeah. not that long ago but yeah no because that was like lot. the first Wait. time that like i mean like back before that like you would have to fully build it because mm-hmm. then like the phantom one like had props and like they kind of told you what to buy and like there was like a gimbal setup and everything like that yeah but um and they were like all right like because because <laughs> at that point dji didn't have a proprietary camera and oh, so, yeah. so, so you, it was like you attach a, a, a GoPro. Yeah. And so yeah. like I bought a GoPro and like, it, I mean, you know, it was, it was what it was, <laughs> but, <laughs> but like, that was really cool because people were like, oh wow, like this is in, innovative, you know, yeah. cause it just like really wasn't being done. And like, especially in these kind of like super low budget films that I'm creating. Um, and so and so, yeah, I mean, I was just kind of like, like I am with everything, just like kind of just always pushing myself. And I feel like I've, I've kind of like continued to push myself through, through cinematography and everything like that. And I was really into photo for a while. And, and a lot of people like, I mean, I've heard this countless times in my life, but it's like, you know, pick one thing and put a hundred percent into it yeah. because you can't be you can't be an amazing at everything. You can't wear too many no. hats. No, no, sure. absolutely. And like, obviously like number one is always going to be climbing and you know, I mean, I not always like, but like right now climbing is number one and, and cinematography is, is definitely a close second for me. But like, I, I kind of have almost just fully 
given up on photography just in the sense that like, I really want to push myself in terms of video because mm -hmm. I, you know, it's just a whole different animal with a whole different amount of equipment and everything like that. And I feel like I'm much better at telling a story through video than I am with photo. Nice. I, I feel like nowadays too, it's like the video, you can just get a screen grab from a video and it's like almost just as good, yeah. if not 4K better is it, Well, yeah. for the red, you yeah. totally can. For the yeah. red I mean, whatever. 4K is over eight megapixels. So yeah. like if it's crisp, like you can easily use it on Instagram. Yeah. I remember when you first got the red and you had it for a while, mm. we were like out in Wild Basin. It's like, oh, what's this thing in the middle so of the trail? Heavy. He's like, oh, that's the red. Check it out. And I pick it up. I'm like, oh, this is cool. He's like, yeah, it's worth this. I'm like, oh, okay, geez, take it away from me. Yeah. I'm like, what is this doing in the middle of the trail, first of all? And second of all, no, I'm not going to help I'm not going to touch this. that yeah. thing. He's like, it's super sturdy, dude. I have insurance. <laughs> so I'm like, all right. Fine. Tell him about For the Real. For the Real. <laughs> oh, my God. My first time out of the country ever, this trip to South Africa, luckily I went out with Paul, and he just showed me the ropes and everything. And the whole time, Literally the whole time. I'm not even exaggerating. <laughs> two months. Two months straight. He was just like filming stuff and he was making his reel for his YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. And it was just like always for the reel. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, but I would always like have too much equipment. And I'd be <laughs> like, Jeremy, can you please it. carry it's, this yeah. tripod? <laughs> I, was I, I would have sent double the amount of order problems. <laughs> If it hadn't been yeah. for this dumb red camera Dude, once and all enter, this equipment. Once you enter that realm of reds, everything gets, it gets so, so much heavy. more complicated with mm -hmm. like the equipment yeah. is just I'm telling huge. I always mess with Paul. I'm like, dude, I would have sent the vice way sooner if I wasn't carrying, <laughs> carrying your up. stupid 50 yeah. pound red like, tripod. But we had the video of the vice on the red. I was yeah. like, yeah, but that's true. We did capture yeah, the was, scent. Yeah. Did you nice. look, did, it looked good, didn't it? It, it was did. nice. Dude, it was <laughs> we for had the real. It was for everything. the real. It was for the real. Everything's for the real. I had to wake up at certain times to yes. like walk out the door and stuff. Oh, yes. and I was like, all right, yeah. fine. But yeah. it turned, it was cool. Is Paul good? Is Paul a good director? Yeah. Smile a little more, Jeremy. Just screams, it's for the real. And that's, <laughs> yeah, and then everyone just gets into place. They're like, all right. <laughs> we know this is important. Yeah, I, always, I always mess with Paul because he, 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 he didn't notice that I was making fun of him for like six months at this one point because he's always like, yeah, team. Yeah, <laughs> and I just kept saying this high-pitched voice. He's like, why do you keep saying that? I was like, that's you. I'm imitating you. He's like, I do not sound like that. You yeah. said that on the first podcast yeah. we had with yeah, you. Yeah, team. Yeah, team. Yeah, this is my Paul Ravis voice. Yeah, team. Yeah, team. <laughs> Sorry, Paul. It's not what I sound. We, like. we have a good friendship. <laughs> yeah. yeah, good friends can talk like that to each other. Yeah. I have a Dave, question. Dave and I, but we don't talk we'll away talk. from the podcast mm -hmm. though. No. Ever only don't in speak. mics. Only in the mics is the only time we speak. I'm so sorry. It's pretty uncomfortable when we turn the mics <laughs> off for you guys. I have a question about curation. Hmm. So, like, if you're making your own films, you obviously have the opportunity to curate for yourself. And to say that there's a lot of phony, quote unquote, <laughs> stuff in climbing media, I think would be generous. Like there's a lot of um, influencer type stuff and, and uh, I don't know, seeing life through rosy colored glasses. Do you think about the way that you're like creating, mm -hmm. curating your story to be as like realistic and yeah. legitimate? Cause that's, yeah. a, I think no, that's it's very a kind of a responsibility yeah. Yeah. you have as a media maker, as long as you want longevity mm -hmm. is to curate yourself in like a, a meaningful manner. Is that something you think about? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, um, I, I think that 
the best climbing media, as long as it's well done, is always going to be created by a core climber. Um, yeah. Having shot like an actual like commercial that went on TV with non climbers, it was you could just tell from the very beginning that it was not going to be for a core audience. Mm -hmm. And so I think that that kind of going back to what I was saying before is like when I create something like, and I click upload to the internet, like it's true to me, which means it's true to the climbing community. Yeah. Which means you can look back at it with, no matter what the quality yes, of it is, yes, right? you can look course. back the story with and pride. Be, like, yeah, that was be real. proud of exactly that because, yeah, because at the end of the day, it's like, I'm, we're not making stranger things, you know, it's like, yeah. it's, it's, it, this, what we're trying, what we're doing here is we're, we're recreating something that, that just occurred in a truthful manner. Yeah. Right. You know, it's not, it's not like this like storyline, right. You know, and, and, and that's like kind of like I guess our obligation to the climbing community. I mean, I don't think that's everybody's. Ob- I don't think everybody feels that way. Mm. Um, I think the big dogs feel that way, mm. like Peter Mortimer and Nick Rosen and Dusatko back in the day mm-hmm. when it was real gritty and you yeah, know, like, oh yeah. Um, good, that's a good answer. Okay, I want to ask you another question about lucid dreaming. Got it. So 2010, mm-hmm. um, amazing send. I've been going to nope, those Bish- holes are so small dude yeah, it's it's 18 years i've spent in bishop at least oh, wow. two weeks every year wow that's cool last four years full seasons mm-hmm. um and i've looked at that since 2010 and under my breath called you a freak <laughs> I, I apologize for that but anyway when you, first of all what was that experience like because that was kind of a seminal moment for cl- like that was a big deal when lucid dreaming went down can you maybe rehash some of the story of that. And I know there yeah. was some controversy yeah. about it afterwards. I'd like, I'd love to hear the yeah. whole story. Yeah. Yeah. About yeah. That. No, absolutely. Um, so let's see, I guess I'll kind of go back. So, uh, dosage five came out prior to, um, progression, which was what, yeah. which was what, what, um, lucid dreaming was in. Okay. Um, and so the first time I worked with, Josh and those guys was for dosage five. Mm -hmm. And so we shot, uh, I don't know, Colorado and, uh, the East coast and stuff, um, back like this was like right around when I was, I think I was in college. I was like sophomore or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, and so then, um, they put that movie out they premiered it at the Boulder theater. It was awesome. It was so cool. I was like, Oh my gosh. Like, you know, cause yeah, that must have been from, like, from dosage one, yeah. you know, I, I, I remember watching dosage one yeah, and it's man. like Sharma doing the mandala and I'm like, I'm in a dosage. Yeah, <laughs> like, right. right. Well, that's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, that was the only game in town back then. Yeah. Uh, like the only series, Yeah. Mm-hmm. you know, every year you, you could be like, Oh, oh man, yeah. I can't wait. Super solid. Yeah. And it was so core too. And that's, mm-hmm. that's so core. That's really kind of what, was like really cool back then because there was no point in not being core not to say that like a lot of the stuff that's coming out now isn't core but like you know you can see like kind of a uh a trend moving towards this kind of more mainstream in in the in the real rock tour Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways because you know they're like okay well 
like we're going to do this tour, but then eventually like we, we'd like to get it on Netflix or Amazon or whatever. So like yep. they kind of have to cater mm-hmm. a bit more towards like a, a more mainstream audience, mm-hmm. which like, I mean, dude, you show dosage one to like some like yeah. Netflix guy. And like what the he's fuck is wrong with these guys? <laughs> we, robot we would like to deny this. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, Who's this Obi carry on? So, yeah, I mean, so it was kind of like this, like very, very cool. Like I was like, wow, dude, this is sick. Oh, and yeah, so I can't imagine. And so kind of like going back, um, into that time period of like dosage five at that point i had been working that project 2008 nine ish i had tried it um because i was going each what was the original name of it something Um, yeah so the rastaman vibrations was the stand start which basically did the last hard jump move yeah and then topped it out okay and that was put up by jared roth 2006 six-ish, seven-ish maybe. I, I don't know. Yeah. I'm not exactly sure when he put it up. Um, but anyway, I, I'm not really sure who exactly showed me the line first. But back then, I find it hard to imagine that like I would have like visualized it. I imagine mm-hmm. someone would have been, hey, like... This is an open project. This is, a, this is a project, like, it's been done from here. Like, this is really sick. And then I could then see it, right? Because yeah. yeah, it yeah. was kind of before the time that i was even really looking sure for first ascents i was kind of more just very concentrated on trying to climb like the hardest things mm-hmm. yeah. um and so yeah so then 2009 was yeah i was junior-ish time period in in school and so um i tried it i can't re- it was like 2008 i tried it 2009 i tried it. i think i went two trips and i tried it and, and i started to get close and then like what does in- close mean on well close dreaming. means in the sense that like i guess i'd done all the moves okay mm-hmm. yeah i mean because it's, it's i mean it's two hard moves right so right it's like you know and you were just giving it like send goes like yeah at that point like in 2009 i remember 2008 i don't think but 2009 i was definitely giving it send efforts like yeah with the with the thought like okay i could I could do this thing. Um, and so then, um, I guess during that time of filming dosage, I can't really remember it exactly, but I guess after that came out, there must've been some talk between Josh and myself about this project. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I guess he kind of must've, he got psyched about going and filming. We'd love to be there. When yeah, exactly. There. We'd love to be there. And so 2010, I'm still, was it? Yeah, it was 2010 when mm-hmm. I did it. Yeah. So, um, so 2010 spring break. <laughs> Again, because I'm because I'm in school, right? Yeah, yeah. I know. It's just wild. <laughs> yeah. So I'm in school. So we go out there, and um, Josh comes out and Pete come out, and it was like in the beginning, it was like trying to figure it out. It was like I would always go there. In the beginning of the trip, I always thought, oh, it's better to try it in the evening. And so I try it in the evening and try it in the evening. And then I don't really know what happened, but at some point during the trip, I kind of realized that the wall would bake and would kind of yeah. get too much sun late Especially in the day. Especially on that side of it. Yeah. So it'd get too much sun late in the day and the rock was just kind of hot. Yeah. And I was mm-hmm. like, well, you know, maybe I should start trying this thing in the morning. 
And so I started trying the morning and I was like, oh, this is making a big difference. Much crisper. But it was really kind of crazy because like, you know, they had their whole, they had their crew and I mean, it wasn't like, it was just the two of them. But like at that point, you know, just even a dude at the crag with a camera (laughs) was a big deal because no one, I mean, no one else. (laughs) Nowadays, it's just like everything. Everyone. Uh, You step to the side. Everyone. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, You're trying to sit around. Oh, I'm sorry. They're working on the process. (laughs) Maybe you can come back tomorrow in the middle of the day, maybe two in the afternoon. You can try to climb this. And so this, then like, this was that time period when I was just asking a bunch of questions. I didn't even have a camera. I didn't, didn't even really use a camera at this point. Mm -hmm. Um, but I was just interested, right. It's kind of going back full circle to what we were talking Mm -hmm. about before. So I was trying it and I was getting super, super close. Like I remember like every day I'd go out there and like, I would like stick the, the, like the thing and I'd swing out and I'd be like, a millimeter from like coming back in and holding the swing and I, I would like fall and I was like, Oh, it's, you know, it's going to happen. And, uh, yeah. And I'm, I guess this is kind of like the first time I'm like publicly telling this part of the story is like, so then those guys, they, they'd been out there for like 10 days. And like, at this point, like I remember it was like their wives or their significant others. They were like, Oh, they were like getting pissed that they were like out there for so long and they needed to go back. And they're like, Paul, we just like, we just like need you to like do the moves. And then like, we're just going to like leave you with this camera. But like, I didn't know how to work. We're going to leave you with this camera. And then you're just going to film yourself doing it. (laughs) And I was like, what? They're like, yeah, just like, you just turn it on and like turn this setting and do this. And I was like, this is really weird. Like, okay. (laughs) They're like, yeah, like this is the tripod. You set it up and like you press your cord and blah, blah, blah. And, oh, but, oh, but sorry, let me retract. So like I tried that day, I got really close and then like my skin was really bad mm-hmm. and they're like, well, we need you to do the crux move. You know, like this is like very standard yeah. kind of big up production style. Like they just really don't care about like what your like goal is, like as long as they can get the shot. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, my skin's bad, blah, 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 we need to get the shot. And I'm like, okay, like fine. Ugh. And so then, so like I do the move a couple times and like I split my tip oh, and man. like, I mean, my skin at this point was like thrashed. Yeah. And Those are so bad holds. No, Jesus. no, exactly. Yeah. And they're sharp and like, it's like a shark tooth. And I was yeah. at this point, I was just like pissed, you know? And then they just like pieced yeah. and they left me with this camera <laughs> and I'm like in Bishop by myself with this camera. <laughs> And so then, <laughs> um, Mike, so my girlfriend at the time, spring break's over, but I was like, I'm not going back till I do this thing. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> and so, but you know, she's like, I, I kind of do have to go back. I'm not going to be a professional climber. I got to go back to school. Yeah. So, so she, so I remember, I think we flew, must've flown from Vegas. I can't remember. It doesn't matter. So I drove her back to the airport and then I drove back to Bishop and like I took a rest day or whatever. And, um, and then like, I, my skin was like finally like good enough or whatever. And, um, as, as you know, I mean like the holds in the buttermilks are very condition dependent, right? Yeah. But they're very mm-hmm. glassy and especially yeah. on that climb. And so everything on that. Yeah. Wall. And so every time I tried it, like, you know, standard Bishop conditions, it had always been super dry. Right. And so like, 
I was starting to get stressed out because I'm like, yeah, like obviously I could stay out here forever, but yeah. I need to go back to school. Ugh. Like, and I'm like, okay, well like, you know, I'll, I'll give myself a couple more days or whatever. And, <laughs> and so then like one morning I woke up and I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to go get after it. And so like, I'd, I like the night before I remember I'd like tried to get in touch, like Will's young. He lived yeah. there. I tried to get in touch with him and like Maddie was there. Maddie Hong was there mm-hmm. and I tried to get in touch with him. I couldn't get in touch with anyone. And I had all these pads and like I had this freaking stupid camera. <laughs> and so like, <clears throat> and like at this point, I mean, I was pissed, you know, yeah. it's like, obviously like you're, I mean, who wouldn't be Yeah, like you just literally like are like m- days away from sending this like super hard boulder and like the film Everyone crew is just left, like, yeah. well, we're, our, our wives are mad. We got to leave. <laughs> yeah, And so, <laughs> So I'm like, all right, well, I, I'm just going to go out there. And so, like, I had a bunch of pads. And, like, that morning, like, I remember, like, I mean, this is well before the buttermilks were, like, popular. I mean, I mean, even in 2010, like, there weren't that many people out there. Not, I mean, certainly not, nothing, nothing like, like what it's like today, nothing. right? And so, yeah, so, I, I mean, I went out there. And I got out there. And, like, I shuttled the pads up. Like, mm-hmm. I had that bunch, like, eight or something yeah. like that that I shuttled up. And, and I mean, honestly, like, it's kind of the type of climb that, like, you rehearse it so many times that, like, once you stick that hold, like, it doesn't matter if there, you have... I mean, again, if you fall up there, it doesn't matter if you have, like, two double-stack yeah. pads or, like... <laughs> no. It doesn't matter. You're, like, you're, you're going to, like, really mess yourself mm-hmm. up. Yeah, for And sure. so, so I bring the pads up, and then I freaking go get this damn camera. And, like, I set it down... And like, I'm like, all right, well, if I get up there, like, I don't want to, I don't want to, um, <clears throat> I don't want to like have to climb down. That was yeah. like my thought. Like, and I already had a rope set up up there. Ooh, so I kind of like, I kind of, I had it. I, so I tied a knot yeah. on one end of the rope, but it was a really long rope. And so I tied a knot and I pulled that rope all the way till it got to the, um, to the bolt mm-hmm. because I knew that if I got up there and I just tied, tied a, uh, the harness to the rope Mm -hmm. so i knew that if i got up there i could pull the harness up i could wrap down and then i could pull from the other side to pull the rope out yeah right makes sense yeah simple Mm -hmm. um and so like at this point like i you know i'd called all those guys and when you got out i don't know if you can now but there was like no cell phone service out there there is no oh okay i'm sure (laughs) like there is everywhere yeah um and so like i drove out there and i was like i left messages i was like all right i'm going out there try the project like i'll be out there this day i'm just alone unbelievable i know that, that's a kind of the literally part of the story there was no one in the buttermilks there what is were, it like six in the morning no 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 it was like i don't know nine or ten what yeah how times yeah. have changed there was one i remember i remember it distinctly there was one car because i was like man if i find this guy like maybe he could like move pads <laughs> yeah. or something but like i it was just like one car and it was like i parked behind it and then like you know i shut all the pads up or whatever and uh and then like the camera was just like on, like just sitting there on the ground. Mm-hmm. And like, I was just like, all right, I'm going to warm up. And then like, I'll go set, set this damn thing up. Cause at this <laughs> point, like I just didn't even have any interest, like yeah. in like just dealing with it. But, but anyway, I was like, all right, I'll go set this thing up. And so like the second I started trying it, I was like, oh my God, like this, like, oh, that was kind of the other thing too, is that it was cloudy this day. So there was like a bit of like yeah. this humidity in the air. And I'm thinking to myself, like, oh, I don't know if it's going to be good. But then, like, Can be I good. pulled on, like, on that, like, shitty pinch in the undercling. And I, like, did the, I did that jump move, like, yeah. first try. And I was like, whoa, it feels really good right now. <laughs> oh. But, like, but then, like, the second I did that, like, because I'm, like, fully warmed up at this point. Like, it starts to, like, drizzle. Oh, and I'm like, no. oh, shit. And I'm like, I'm like, I'm, well, I'm just going to go for it. 
Yeah. And that was it. I didn't, I just like let, I was like, camera was there on the ground, didn't (laughs) even do anything and had my pad set up, did the boulder, climbed it to the top. I was standing up there in the rain. Yeah. And I just pulled the harness up, wrapped down. And then like, and then I just like got, I remember I drove back down the road. I had like a, like a voicemail from Wills. And then I like called Josh and I was like, I did it. And then, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Well, like, and then, you know, and then I had to explain it to him and everything like that. And like, you know, and then it, and then he was like, he was like, you did it. And I was like, yes, I did it. And he's like, uh, I'm like, dude, I'm like, I'm not like going to lie about something like this. This could ruin like who I am as a person. Like this would be so stupid. Absolutely. And so he's like, okay, well then, then like, well, we have it like, you should like get in touch with Wills and cause Wills is a photographer, yeah, uh, yeah, you yeah, know? Yeah. And so then he's like, well, get in touch with Wills. Maybe you guys could shoot some close ups and then like, you know, call it good. And so then Wills came out and it was like the same thing, you know, it was like, th- because then the rain stopped yeah. at that point. So, and so, and then the rain stopped, we go back out again. It's that like perfect, like, mm-hmm. you know, I hate, I, like for me, it's like 99% of the time that like sticky damp that people talk about, yeah. like mm-hmm. it doesn't, really work but in the buttermilks i think it does yeah in some ways because like you need that little bit because slightly stickier yeah because the thing was is like i remember when i would try the boulder i would like lick my tips and then i'd chalk up and then i would try it and it was still like by the time i'd get to that pinch it was like it was just like felt like glass Mm -hmm. on my skin and so like that was kind of like that tipping point for me of like wow i can actually do this move and like it was almost to the point where i could do that kind of crux move on command because some people find that move to the pinch really hard but for me that move was never that difficult mm-hmm. like every time i'd get to the pinch and i'd fall on the jump yeah but then but then that day you know it was like because of that little bit of extra like f- not friction but just grip that i had on the rock yeah. w- allowed me to do that move so like wills and i shot that move and then since I had not but prior to like, you know, me actually doing it an hour before I'd never done the top out. Yeah. So then I had to do the top out again. <laughs> I was uh, like, Oh God. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so like I did the jump move and into the top out and then we filmed all that and everything like that. And then, yeah. And then like it kind of like uh, in some, like in like that core circle, it kind of blew up in my face because um, from what I heard, like Brett Lowell, who wasn't even there, um, just like at like the premiere just started telling people that like he didn't believe me <laughs> yeah and so then like all basically like everyone you know like all well, of Brett the people said that in front he was of saying that crowd? no 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 oh, no okay. no 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 but like to like to like people like daniel okay yeah to uh, people, uh, yeah i was gonna say no no not in front of the suicide. crowd no 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 of course of course they would never you know no, you know, okay. to the general public, obviously, like, you know, it still remains like, you know, the same, but like, you know, to like this, like in this core audience, they had this, I, I, I wasn't there. I think at that point I was in Europe, uh, when they did the world premiere at the Boulder theater, but I just remember people telling me like, dude, like people are saying you didn't do this Boulder, like what's up. And like, I would be, I got all these like hate messages, like, like, Ugh. don't lie. Like you're a piece of shit. What, what, like, what, ha- like what was the experience when the first time somebody wrote you like, Hey, like what was your thought when you first found out that there was this weird, well, like, you know, obviously like from the beginning, you know, it's like climbing is such like an interesting sport where it's evolved so much in the sense that like nowadays, uh, 
everything gets captured. Yeah. Whereas like back then it was like this, nothing got captured unless Very word it, of mouth. Yeah, exactly. It was all word of mouth. And like, and to be honest, like nothing got captured unless it was like a professional videographer filming something. And like 90% of the time, it was like, oh, like Chris Sharma sent something like we're going to go fly to Spain to go capture it. Right. So mm-hmm. they would go film like the repeat of it. But like no one actually like, yeah. you know, saw the the ascent or whatever it may be. So, yeah, it was mm-hmm. it was very word of mouth. And like and I think in a lot of ways that maybe kind of was like almost a tipping point mm-hmm. for for the the climbing community because it was like, OK, well, you know, it's like someone could lie. You know, I mean, like, but like, I mean, obviously, you know, like there's all these speculations like, oh, Michael Reardon, he lied about a sense or yeah, yeah, or like Akira or like, you know, I mean, I know people have called Sasha out for stuff saying that she's lied about things and stuff like that. And like, you know, all of, we're never going to know. Yeah. But like, you know, at the end of the day, it's like kind of like. Well, one, does it really matter? (laughs) (laughs) Good point. And two, and two, it's like, you know, I mean, if someone truly lives for the sport of, I don't know. It you're just, gonna, it, if you're a liar about that sort of thing, yeah, you are going to be a washout. You are going to wash out of the sport. It's, yeah, exactly. It's not sustainable. You're no. doing it for the wrong reasons. Mm. As soon as the spotlight leaves you at some point, you're not going to care anymore. If your goal is to like, lie about a sense yeah what's what's shocking to me about the controversy is like you have a very solid like resume you know like you've and a then body can, of yeah, climbing yeah exactly like if you were some rando's like yeah i climbed the uh, the rasta man sit and it's like, like what like yeah, <laughs> yeah yeah like there's no basis of credibility but in your case like i don't know yeah that's like such a strange that is a very strange and i'm sorry you had to go through that because it sounds really no no and it was tough and i mean to be honest like if i could go back in time like I mean, sure. But I mean, at the same time too, if I went back in time, like who knows, like maybe I went and set that stupid camera up and like, I wouldn't have done it. You missed your window. You know, yeah. maybe no, I missed so my true. window. It's yeah. like, I don't know. And obviously we can't go back in time, mm-hmm. but like, you know, in so many ways, it's like something that I, I'm like, man, like that was very, very tough to deal with. Yeah. But then, you know, I, I think in so many ways, like obviously people knew who I was at that time, but then 2010 onward, you know, it was like, I, at that point, like, yes, lucid dreaming is a hard boulder. Mm-hmm. It's not the hardest boulder I've ever done in, at this point now. And yeah. it's like, yeah, I, I mean, you know, yeah. I, I've done like 20 V15. So yeah. it's kind of like, I, I don't think anyone <laughs> yeah. really even thinks like mm-hmm. at this point, like, oh, you didn't do it. How I, long was that stretch of time where you were getting like these messages? Yeah. And these hate me. Well, I mean, it was more, well, the most painful thing to deal with was my friends that were doubting me. Ugh. <sighs> You know? Yeah. And that was, like, really, really tough. Yeah. Because I was, like, I was, like, like this is crazy. Like, we yeah. we climb together all the time. <laughs> like, you know, I never, and then, like, these people were, like, treating me differently. Yeah. And, like, and then, like, I was having to defend myself and explain it and everything. And, and at the end of the day, like, I think, you know, like I said, like, you know, it's been almost 10 years now. And Mm -hmm. it's like, there's obviously it's like not even a question, but like, you know, for that time period, yeah, it was, it was tough. It was really, really tough to deal with, especially too, you know, I mean like when like people like that maybe were part of like the creating of the film were like (laughs) calling me out and like, yeah. What 
to touch on the whole like i've been in that situation where i'm like okay i want to really film this and it kind of throws off your mojo and absolutely your psych, especially yeah. you're new to filming and stuff at that point and you're just like setting up the camera pressing record imagine if you did all that and you did miss your chance yeah. and then someone else comes along and does the first ascent it's like whoa yeah, well, is it worth, worth it? Yeah, is it worth capturing it to like miss out on a perfect opportunity and like? Yeah, I've been in that situation a lot where I'm just like, screw the camera, I'm just gonna do Dude, this for myself. And me then too. You just What's, like you even so even today, better. yeah, even course. today when like for we me, I could go set up a freaking tripod and a camera in less than a minute. I'm just like, dude, I don't freaking want to go over there, press record. I mean, dude, you feel like such a douchebag, yeah, dude. I hate it's it It's like sometimes. when you have a yeah. camera set up and like <laughs> all your bros are around and mm-hmm. like you walk over and you press record and then you see yourself like walk through the thing. <laughs> or you're like, can yeah. you press you record get, for me, You please? get to the start <laughs> exactly. and you're like, look back, make sure oh, like, shit, recording. did I press the record button? Oh, and God. then you're like, all right, I'll climb. And then yeah. like you do it and then you're like, oh, well, I got everything but the top out. Let me, let me set this mm-hmm. up. All right, guys, don't move the pads. Make sure you're spotting from the same place. And then, yeah, you, you do and get it's like the, cringeworthy. Yeah, and so yeah I'm cringing right and, now. And you <laughs> mean, even like, even when you're by yourself, I mean, sometimes you're just like, man, like, ugh. you just don't want to, it's just, it, it does take away. Yeah. It definitely takes you, away. I find it. I mean, I obviously am not on the scale of like videoing stuff like you do, but do you find that it comes in waves? Like you're like, oh, I'm psyched on it. And like, I don't mm-hmm. mind it. And then you're like, screw this. I'm just going to go climb. For me at this point, what I do is I like, I hope someone like you or KB or something is out climbing with <laughs> yeah, me because, so nice. but also too, like a lot of the times, like I'll do something and then I'm like, okay, like the pressure's off. Let me mm-hmm. just film this in sections yeah, because yeah. I mean, you know, when you, like when something's like really hard for you, yeah, like you have to have a hundred percent like Focus. Thought, focus, yeah, focus and everything yeah. into this because if you don't like you're not going to do it and like the idea of like going over i know it's like so simple and easy and like people are probably like li- going to be listening like well it's so easy i it's, just tell the gopro the, gopro record that's <laughs> GoPro, GoPro, that's bullshit though because i mean you're climbing at the absolute apex of the sport and it's if anybody's out there listening thinking like it's just a camera Imagine if you're a baseball player in the World Series stepping up to the plate, fully focused on what that pitcher is going to throw you. Mm-hmm. You're not going to be like, oh, shit, I fucking mark five. I just, oh, hey, hold, hey, on, hold on, time out <laughs> and like click it and then be out of your zone when yeah, the dude's throwing exactly. a 92 yeah. mile yeah. per hour yeah. slider. And yeah. I mean, can you imagine? Yeah. I, and, I, and sorry to cut you off, but no and Paul brings up a good point. It's like we're at this point now where like, you know. If I'm like, oh, I really want to film this thing, it kind of goes without question. I don't have to turn back and be like, you ready, Paul? It's like this understood thing where it's like, oh, I'm, I'm filming. If we're like out on a yeah. trip and we're like, let's just say we're we're out on a trip and sponsors are paying for part of the trip. And it's like part of the, the deal to give them some sort of footage for right. this. And it's, it's like, a good deal. We have this understanding where it's like, okay, like you didn't even have to ask me. Like you stick in your zone. And like we have this cool understanding where it's just like I'm recording. It's like, oh, you got that, right? Yeah. Well, cool. You know, yeah. That's and then the way we to just refilm, like Paul said. Okay, I sent the climb. Like, this angle would be sick. Okay, like you didn't get this part. Let's let's just reshoot this type of deal. Mm-hmm. And it's like this cool understanding. And, and well, I remember after the lucid dreaming thing and a couple others that I I don't recall. Um, but I remember hearing the term uncut footage. Yeah. For the first time <laughs> in my entire <laughs> life, like around uh, 2010 to 2012. And people 
when saying, people started to get cameras. Yeah, mm-hmm. and people saying like, if you don't have uncut footage, it doesn't count. It doesn't fucking count. <laughs> well, and are you and like, like, are you kidding? Are you? Yeah, dude. I know it's people just that don't bizarre. even. It's ridiculous. People that that climb on the weekends, like, <laughs> and have full time jobs, so people are getting called out. <laughs> yeah. You didn't do the dolly. That's not uncut footage. <laughs> Well, it, it's funny, too, because, like, I've actually been in the situation where, like, I don't believe that you did that. And you know what I say? I don't even say anything. I just send them the uncut footage. And they're like, oh, sorry about that. People have said that to you. You've yeah, had that experience. I'm just, like, I'm just like, I've had it a couple times where they're just like, I don't believe you. Like, blah, blah, blah. Like, I think you just shot this in all these different parts. I'm like, what are you even talking about here? Boom. And just, like. I don't know why I'm getting questioned or why other people get questioned about this. Yeah, it's like, what are we competing over? What are you... Right? Like, it goes back to, like, what we were talking about. If you did that and you were a liar throughout the time period of, like, as a climber, like, how long can you do that and feel, like, okay with it and, like, not be able to prove it in different ways, shapes, or forms? Like, you know, Paul has this resume. We all have our resume of whatever, like, and we're just like, okay, I've climbed, like, 30 v12s like uh, okay i didn't get the uncut footage of this v12 are you going to question this yeah V12? like well, why would i just no. like no. what do i have to do to prove to like i don't know people yeah. they nowadays they just sit behind their computer screen and they're just like oh yeah ask questions and make assumptions and they're just like i don't get it it's like there's a lot of cool aspects from like the whole social media like sitting behind mm-hmm. the computer and stuff but like a lot of negativity that comes with yes. it too and it's just like yeah. we all see it on a daily basis every day you, you, right i guarantee you i grab my phone right now and i'm just gonna yeah scroll and click and it's like oh look at this negative comment and that's just like a random thing yeah you know, dude twitter like, is a walking hellscape well, yeah, you know what course. i mean i mean it's, it's amazing what people say it's just uh it's just too bad there are some people out there who mostly in mountaineering you know alpine climbing there have been those situations where people have not taken their photograph and their altimeter turns off and but what i anyway what i always find is that um those people who lie aren't in the game very long Mm. it's just they wash out because they're doing it in my opinion for you know when that spotlight is shining there's all kinds of motivation and as mm. soon as that spotlight turns off, yeah, they're gone. They're like doing it just for the spotlight. I think so. I mean, yeah. I, I think that's the deal. Mm-hmm. I just don't think there are that many people out there lying. Super like I can't yeah, believe yeah. people get. I can't believe well, you've been questioned before. Yeah, it's the strangest. I mean, thing. I think everyone has to be honest. Oh, uh, when you climb has... as weak as me, you never. <laughs> you didn't climb ever. that V four, Dave. You son of a bitch. <laughs> I did. I climbed that V four. It's just that uncut footy, bro. <laughs> Doesn't count. And like that's like the running joke with like a lot of friends and stuff. Like it, it's funny to joke about that, but there are those serious people about it. Yeah. But what I was gonna say is like the mini compressor route is a, a super prime example right like that i don't know when it was like done by that italian guy or whatever right oh my like uh, yeah yeah okay the compressor route yeah the compressor route mm-hmm. like he said oh 1956 I did, I did it, or but, somewhere around but there. the other guys went up there they're just like oh it doesn't look like you did it because the bolts stop here <laughs> yeah it's like pretty obvious and he i mean who knows the absolute truth but he took that lie or whatever to his grave and no one knows who did the first ascent at first so this has been going on for yeah. like yeah all yeah, of time sense. all throughout climbing so it's not like just in 2010 or whatever no but you're it's just exactly like been right. going on for so long and it's just like 
yeah, it's like okay to question people and it's like okay to like doubt people, but it's also I don't know. Some people just take it too far where yeah. you're just like, you're making this your main focal point. Like y'all need to go find a passion, yes. and figure out something else to do because like <laughs> yeah. you're clearly like just not, you're just bored and yeah. you're just like, I'm just going to nitpick and like, I'm going to write this super long email and like, blah, 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 blah. Like screw you, dude. You didn't do it. It's like, I mean, there's a lot of that. You had time to do that. What yeah, the <laughs> there's a lot of that in every segment of our society. And unfortunately it's in climbing too. And yeah. there's always going to be the the problem is is that uh, jealousy. If you're, if you're putting a lot of jealousy, well, That's also if too, you're yeah. putting media out there, it sounds like both you guys have um, good heads on your shoulders, and you have to know to just not fucking care. Yeah, what anybody well, says. Well, the thing is, is like okay, like I'm gonna like someone's gonna ask me, oh, where's the uncut footy? And then I send it to him. It's like I've got nothing to hide. You could tell these people that are just like lying or just like just saying the wrong or saying the wrong thing. You get like super like, oh, you know what? Why are you even questioning me? It's like, mm, it's kind of weird. Like those types of people that like really fight it and stuff. Yeah. It's just like, I just like let that stuff like come off my shoulders and like, yeah, I might say something like, ah, eh, you're wrong. Here's the uncut footy. Like, don't ever talk to me again. You know, like yeah, exactly. Sometimes you just have to say that to those. People. Yeah, that relationship is over. Yeah, <laughs> you know what? It, here's the uncut footy. Fuck off, man. Yeah. <laughs> go go on, go and follow me or follow someone I, else. Like what? The exactly. Heck? I heard back in the day in the beginning of Lincoln Lake, um, Chris Schulte claimed to do Clan of the, no. What's the one on the outside of the cave? Moat. Moat. He claimed to do moat. Hmm. And Daniel and Chad and Dave and those guys were like, no, he didn't do it. And they were like, they like said it to his face. Wow. And then they were all there one day and Schulte shows up and does it right in front of him <laughs> in their face. Wow. That's yeah. So, That's I, such I, a Chris I, Schulte story right yeah. there. I feel like Schulte gets questioned a lot. And Daniel, does he really? And Daniel yeah. was, he was like, he's like, dude, I, I said, I was like, I was like, dude, I was, I'm so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like he gets questioned a lot because he's not really one to have like a film crew or many exactly people right. following him around. It's like, okay, he doesn't have the uncut footy, but he has this like resume where he's just like done enough where it's just like, should be, should be it, trusted. And this is a prime example. You just, Oh, you don't believe I did it. Boom. Like, yeah, walk up and do it. <laughs> you want me to do it again? I okay. Boom. You know, yeah. it's just like to doubt crazy. Schulte on like a compression rig. <laughs> Oh yeah, what are God. you doing, yeah. man? He's yeah. a monster. It's Have like you tried some of his compression rigs where you're just like, just feeling the position and feeling the holds? You're like, what an animal. He's that guy. Yeah. He is the compression yeah. guy. Yeah. Like, if he does a compression rig, I don't care how hard it is. You're like, he's one of my heroes. Because sure. yeah. <laughs> I just love compression. I just like seek out those shoulder decompression lines. Yeah. I don't yeah. seek out Paul's lines too much because they're <laughs> I call too little crimpy. Like, yeah. I hurt never my fingers. That. Yeah. Calm Paul holds. That dosage where like Paul Robinson can crimp on the gnarliest crimps. <laughs> I was gonna ask you a question about that, but I want to respect you guys' time. We shouldn't go too much longer. But I'll just ask like a final question. Um, okay. I have a final question. You have a final question two too. Two more yeah. final two questions. More final. Two. We have two more. Okay. Probably almost final questions. <laughs> um, when you look back, or when you look at climbing, mm-hmm. and. Um, all of the things it has given you for both you guys, what comes to mind? Like, how has it informed your life? How has it changed you? How has it made you a better person? 
How has it sometimes made you a worse person? What are the things that crop into your mind that climbing has like gifted you? Mm, I think the first thing that comes to my mind is just like a massive appreciation for nature in, in the res- mm. regard that like I've seen climbing areas get closed. I've yeah. seen climbing areas get opened. I've seen what the buttermilks looked like in 2004. I've oh. seen what the buttermilks looks like now. And it's just, it's, um, it's given me an appreciation of, of this like kind of natural world. And, and, you know, obviously maybe it's made me a little grumpier at times because yeah. I kind of have seen like how climbing's evolved, mm. but yeah. at the same time, you know, knowing what these areas were like and, and kind of, uh, trying to be as good of a steward as I can, um, to the climbing world so that we can continue to have areas look like they did in the past. And so that kids growing up now can appreciate nature like I did growing up, I think is, do you feel like that's a part of your responsibility as a professional climber? Yeah. I mean, I think it's, I don't think everybody does. No, no. I mean, I think obviously the world would be a lot better of a place if everyone took that as a responsibility, which obviously they don't, but um, I, I'd say like professional climber, non-professional climber, like everyone should make that their responsibility. It's very sad that they don't. Yeah. Just that your voice is yeah. stronger than my voice is stronger than Feedy's voice. Um, we need people like you out there being advocates. Yeah, of course, of course. And, and I, and, and you know, I mean, That's my exactly voice right. is, is minute in comparison to someone like Honold or something like that. And I think what he's doing is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's incredible. And, um, so yeah, I mean the little bit that I can do, obviously I think that that's very important. And I I think, you know, if, if someone sees me pick up a piece of trash at the crag, I think hopefully that'll go a long way. I think yeah. it does. Yeah. Because and it, cause it is tough. You know, I mean, like I've, I've talked with the access fund about different like initiatives and stuff like that. And like, how do you, how do you portray that? Like in a film, like you yeah. can't just have like me going yeah. around picking up trash. Like everyone's gonna be like, dude, this is so cool. This fucking movie is terrible. Yeah, exactly. No one wants to see that, no. you know? And it's like, I, I think it's like just living that rather than just like making some dumb movie about like how you don't litter is much more valuable um and if you see it just be like dude like what like why are you throwing your tape on the ground or like Mm -hmm. you know just like call i mean not calling someone out in the sense that like you're you're being like an asshole to them but like more just like kind of calling them out you know just dude, like what are you doing because there's a nice way to go yeah there's a nice way to go about it but at the same time too i think like at the end of the day like you kind of have to be a little bit hard because if you're not like they're just gonna go and do it like the yeah. next day. And like, mm-hmm. if you, if you make them feel like, Oh wow. Like, yeah. Okay. Like that, that does kind of make sense. And like, you know, maybe their reaction was a little bit strong, but if they, it's warranted. Yeah. It's well, you, of, I mean, just things like saying, listen, you just threw your tape on the ground. Let's say they're at their butter at the buttermilks <clears throat> on March 15th. Like this week, they're going to be 15,000 climbers here. If every single person yeah. throws a crash pad on a bush or leaves their tick or throws a piece of tape on the ground or a cigarette butt, mm-hmm. there'd be oh, 15,000 yeah. cigarette butts and 200 bushes that are destroyed. Yeah. 
There's simple things like that. Like yeah. show yeah. there's a scope that we're talking about yeah. here with climbing like exploding exponentially, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, it, that's a good to, answer. To touch on that, it was like there is a a fun video that Paul and I made where we we carried a, a like a 40 pound tire yeah, I out of that. Lincoln Lake and we we had fun with it you know the whole time I was taking my turn he was like oh, I'm going to jog up the hill and film you do this and blah 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 and like we had some climbing we made it fun and like we got a lot of positive response to it yeah. like oh thanks for carrying yes. out that tire like we found this tire and like it was you know ab- all of our idea like this needs yeah. to come out today and that's and not climbing like, trash that's not a climber that did that no, no of no, course of not. course yeah there's a lot of trash down there and that was the whole point of it and you know again using the platform and just being like you know paul's a known climber and like his youtube channels what have heavily followed so like if that even inspired 10 people to be like oh wow well if I see a tire down at Lincoln, I'm going to carry that out because I want to yeah. be like that. Like, that's cool. Or a side like, view mirror. Something I'm like, good easy. luck. Yeah. That tire was like 40 pounds <laughs> and from like the 1940s. Ah, uh, you can. It took us forever. Everybody who's <laughs> listening, if you find a tire down there, you can pay Fullerton $15 <laughs> an hour. It'll <laughs> <laughs> take that thing 20, out of there. 20, 20. Okay, $20 an hour. Yeah, yeah, this guy won't work for less than 20. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what about you, Jeremy? Yo, What's the thing able. that climbing has given you? Not that you're grateful for it, but like, how has it informed your life? Uh, I mean, as cliche as it sounds, like half of the reason that I climb is, I mean, you guys see me in the social settings. Mm -hmm. I just love to just chat with people and like make these connections. And like, obviously this (laughs) first connection that we have with people is climbing, but like, I love to like, just get deep and just be like, I actually want to get to know you. Yeah. And like people joke and they're like, dude, you're like the mayor of Lincoln Lake. How do you know everyone at Lincoln Lake? For instance, <laughs> the mayor of the when, mayor we went, Lincoln Lake. when we went to Roy, uh, I forgot we we're at the jumbles or something. Yeah. And I saw Jeremy there. I'm like, Hey man, how's it going? He's like, just, I got to say hi to these 25 <laughs> other people here. <laughs> Literally. I was always like, dude, what the heck? Well, yeah. Anytime he invites me to go climbing, my very first question is, who else is coming? <laughs> I'm like, oh, it's like, I don't even care who people. it is. I just want to know like the numbers. Yeah. 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 I just like, I'm just a social butterfly. And like that whole aspect that like, you're just out there and you can just be a social butterfly. Like yesterday I was just at Lincoln Lake chilling until like 5 p.m. until my my boulder went into the shade and i was just like running around i'm like hey guys they're like come on down hang out like okay and i jog i like hiked like six miles that day just so i could say hi to everyone by the time i get to my project i'm like i'm really tired i'm never gonna say this it's really sore i can't even climb right now but yeah i mean the whole social aspect and just I don't know, just being in the community and being a part of the community and yeah. embraced in the community is like, as cliche as it sounds, I just love that feeling of just like... It's a tribe. I always get mm-hmm. goosebumps on this podcast. Oh, I don't shit. know why. Yes. It's happening oh, that's again. a good sign, I think. <laughs> it's happening again. But right, well, Feedy. Well, I'm, I'm sad. I should have fucking asked my question first. What was yours? Uh, Super uh, lame. Look at Jackie is bison, bison. See you later. <laughs> What's your favorite color? <laughs> I... I will ask it, I guess, but I was just curious, Paul, lately it seems like V16 is becoming very common. Mm. Put up Mm. super, super frequently now. (laughs) Oh boy. How am I going to answer this? (laughs) Just end it there. Just end it there. You don't want to. I remember like like four years ago, three years ago, it was like such a big deal to like put up a V16 and no Mm -hmm. one was doing it. And they're talking about great inflations, all these blog posts, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just wondering like... What is are these boulders actually harder or Ooh. or like are they just oh, are they just finally letting the ceiling 
just go? I don't know. That's a good question. Like, are this they accepting question, that there are boulders harder than V15 and V15 isn't just this gray zone that goes on forever? Yeah. I mean, that that in the 2010 to 2016 time period, it kind of seemed like that. It yeah. kind of yeah. did seem like V15 was just never going to end. <laughs> I remember. I remember when it was solidified, kind of like, 2010 to 2014. Yeah. You're like, oh my God, these 16s are going to be awesome. You're like checking uh, your watch. You're like, these climbers are pretty <laughs> lazy or weak. I don't know what's going on here. It's, I, I think, um, whew. we could go on for an hour about this one. <laughs> Paul and I talk about this a lot. Actually. Really? It's, it's a running I joke, mean, but we won't go there. There's, there's so many ways to answer it. One, I, I would hate to and i would never comment on a climb that i've never tried before i mean because that's just unfair to the first ascensionist and Mm -hmm. having done lots of first ascents myself you know i know i've i've heard people like watch a video of my climb and then say it didn't look that hard Mm -hmm. and you're like okay well like that's (laughs) really not fair um so i would obviously i would i would never yeah you know I, i think that's very very unfair and to to the first ascensionist but in that regard, I think, I think that there are so many very strong climbers now yeah. that that I think is helping a lot mm-hmm. with kind of further furthering the kind of uh, the grade range because, I mean, if you go back in time, right, you had you had Fred Nicole, right? Yes. So, so there was at that point there was kind of one. Yes. So yeah. if Fred called something V fifteen, what like. You know, he was climbing with his wife, but you know, like she wasn't going to do it. So it was like, well, Fred did another V15 today and Mm -hmm. 96, he climbed the first 14. Yeah, exactly. Like no one was going to touch these climbs. So it was kind of like, oh, like Fred's just kind of like this, the, the grade ranges from like V13 and harder was just kind of like, well, to Fred, this is how it felt. Right. Like if you had your own. If you had your own grading system, hundred percent. Like if I just had like P one to whatever, <laughs> yeah. you know, like something that maybe is graded V thirteen might feel like P sixteen to me. Yes, right. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't, you know. But then, so then all of a sudden, then you've got Dave and Chris coming along, right? Mm-hmm. That's kind of like the next step. So then Dave and Chris are like kind of doing first ascents and maybe repeating some of Fred's stuff. But again, you have this very interesting situation where maybe not the same weight, but they're all very similar uh, in terms of like their reach and Mm -hmm. their height. Okay. So that yes, weight has something to do with it and power and everything like that. But at the end of the day, a lot of these boulders that are really difficult, it's these height ranges, you know, I mean the game for instance is a perfect example. Like John, Daniel and Carlo are all the exact same height. Right. So if you're, if you're taller than that, the game gets really much more difficult. Yeah. Uh So Jimmy doing the game is, you know, very extremely impressive. Mm -hmm. Um, but anyway, so like kind of going back, so now you've got this, you've got three people, Fred's kind of like starting to kind of phase out a little Mm -hmm. bit. Chris and Dave are coming in and again, same height. Yeah. Then, then after them, now you've got, now you have like Daniel, myself and, at that point, that 
you know, that's kind of it, right? Yeah, You've got a couple of like Europeans it. that are really strong, a couple like Dai Koyamada and these other yeah. guys that are really strong. And so now, now this kind of like Christian core and Fred. Christ, yeah, too. exactly. Christian mm-hmm. core. He yeah. Like kind of like the in between. Fred. Yeah, exactly. I mean, obviously I'm missing people, but yeah. you know, in general, um, again, but another person very much in that, like, like five ten, five eleven height range. Yeah. Um, and so now you've got, you've got like the die and Daniel and then myself, but you, st- you still have a small pool to choose mm-hmm. from, yes. but now you're starting to see like a slightly wider range of, um, sizes. Mm-hmm. And so Daniel puts up the game and then maybe, I don't know, Dave puts up something like the Island, right? Yep. Very uh, reachy. Yeah. Like, I don't think Daniel could do the Island because I, I'm not sure he could span yeah. the moves. Right. So, mm-hmm. but then you take everyone else, like, let's just say Fred in his prime, Chris in his prime, myself in my prime, like the Island is a very feasible mm-hmm. goal to obtain. But then you take all of us and you put us on the game and like, we now all of a sudden, like we can't do the game, Yeah. but like, why can one person do the game, but five people do? the island and so you've got this like very weird thing and then so then now you know you've got more people like now you've got jimmy and you've got like all these other super strong kids and then like this just like this very small band of people that all fit within this very kind of like similar size range Mm -hmm. is just getting wider you've got like jan hoyer who's like six three right massive right and then you've got alex puccio who's like five two and so that's like over, I mean, with Jan's reach, it's probably about a foot and a half yeah, completely wow. of, yeah. of, of difference. Yeah. And so what I think that that's done is what, what initially happened was you had a massive amount of downgrading because yeah. the original people that came in were like, well, there's only a couple V15s to even kind of like compare this to. Yeah. So sure, it's it's V15 or whatever, yeah. you know, like Dreamtime. Burn, burn Zangrel. Yeah, Burn Zangrel, exactly. Like mm-hmm. Burn comes and does Dreamtime and he's like, yeah, that's V15. Mm-hmm. You know, Fred put it up and then like some the Chris comes and Dave does it and those guys do it and they're all like, yeah, it's V15. And then all of a sudden you start to get this like base of these other people who are like, oh, well, this is, this doesn't feel like v15 it kind of feels like more like the v14 that i did and mm-hmm. and then there's like more climbs and more climbs and more climbs yeah. and then certain climbs fit other people and then and then rather than like one person being able to do the game now there's four people that have done the game because like you know back when daniel did it there was probably only like two people yeah. that maybe could do it seriously but like now I mean, if you take those, like, all, like, those Japanese bros, like, you could probably bring them there and they'll run train on it. Yeah. <laughs> like, yes. you know? Yes. So, yeah. and so, because they just, they fit into that so Which perfectly. And, did, yeah. and for some of them, mm-hmm. no, it was right, the other guy. I didn't, oh. Daisuke didn't, uh, the other guy did, right. but it doesn't matter. Japanese bro. Um, Ray, doesn't matter. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Right? Yeah. And so... And so I think that that kind of spurred this like massive uh, downgrade thing because if, um, you know, one of those guys put up one and like it fits someone's style, Mm -hmm. then all of a sudden they were like, oh, well, this is easier than something else I did. So I'm going to downgrade it. And then people started to kind of, I think people kind of started to realize recently that like with social media that big numbers Mm. are a commodity <laughs> indeed and the commodity I yeah would say, exactly and i mean if you if you put 16 
next to like a video, it's going to get a lot of views. Mm -hmm. And so I think that people are a little trigger happy um, mm -hmm. to give climbs V15, V16, because, I mean, honestly, like, ada.nu is such an interesting yes. interesting kind of like catalyst for all of this because it really what ada.nu picks up on mm -hmm. is what people call climbs if you do something yeah. that's super 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 hard and you call it v15 yeah there's a 50 50 chance that ada.nu is going to write about it okay mm, yeah. if you do something that's really really hard for you and you're like well if I call this 16, it's going to get a lot more publicity yeah. than if I call this 15. Because there's no, like, real repercussion if, like, yeah. something gets downgraded. Sure, like, if you call it V16 and, like, someone comes and calls it V10, like, yeah, like, there's yeah. going to be an issue. Mm -hmm. But, like, a V16 <laughs> getting downgraded to a V15? Yeah. It's like I, <laughs> I mean, yes, there are many of these V16s I haven't tried, but I imagine that that will be the case yeah. in the future. Um because like you know we we will kind of create like where the cap is for v15 mm -hmm. and it's probably been created and i'm sure some of these v16s will remain v16 but like you know it's just it's just interesting to see like one climb versus another climb like take the sleepwalker one in yeah. las vegas like that's the most repeated v16 in the world it got put up this this season mm -hmm. and it's been done like four times yeah so you're like well wow. i know well, it's so different it's well it's really interesting so like well like you know were they w w do they truly believe it's v16 did they call it v16 because they thought that it would bring more publicity or did they not want to hurt jimmy's feelings like there's so much that goes into mm -hmm. it i think mm -hmm. that um that it's it's oh. just interesting because you've got number sleepwalker yeah you've got you've got this very kind of like tight knit community of people that can climb that hard. And there's so much that kind of like goes into a grade when like, you know, I mean, people downgrade for spite, people keep grades because yes. they don't want to lose a friendship. It's like, mm -hmm. and that's really what's kind of interesting about climbing. And then also too, you have this first ascensionist that's like, well, if I, I mean, call something v14 you're a chump <laughs> why'd you even try it yeah, yeah. What a sissy yeah know, did that take you more than 15 minutes <laughs> oh my god that's what it is now i, I am so glad i'm not in that club no <laughs> exactly and and so like like 8b plus on the sidebar of 8a.nu is yeah. just like well yeah. 24 hours went by and like some other one did something and like some world cup results came up and yeah and like no one even saw that you did like a really cool climb yeah and the touch Jesus. on that is like yeah i i feel like people like kind of like to throw out these like huge numbers like v16 and by the time it does maybe get downgraded or something it's already gotten all this publicity publicity yep. and then all of a exactly. sudden like three people exactly. repeat it they're like oh actually it's v15 it's like oh well you know they've already had their spotlight and everything like that so like they've already yeah. gotten the point across or like oh, made yeah. their spotlight oh, reality yeah. and it's just like because like by it, the time it gets downgraded like yeah. it's like again like the majority it's of months, people that are going to see it aren't even going to you know you call V16 200,000 people see it the next guy comes along calls it V14 30,000 people see it and like the 170,000 people, like they have, they're no wiser. 
Until it gets downgraded to V10, and then no. it's like 700,000 <laughs> well, no. people yeah. see well, that. Well, yeah, but but also, too, I mean, this isn't like a new concept. I mean, yeah. not to throw, like, Baird Zongrel is a great climber, has always been a great climber, but this has been something that has been going on for over yes. a decade. I mean, Baron Zongarel is like the epitome of this. I mean, back in the day, yeah. he was calling things V15 and V16 before 2010 in these like mo- super remote places that like no one would ever go to. And then it would get this massive publicity. And then nowadays, like people go out there and climb these climbs and like they're getting massively downgraded. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like, obviously, like when something gets massively downgraded, there was either a massive beta mistake or yes. or it was overgraded for a reason. Yeah. And and I jokingly wow. did did that the other day on one of my posts. I was like, yes! Yes! This, yes! There's like this V10 dyno uh, that I've tried like 25 yeah. sessions. I'm like V15 blah 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 yeah. blah. And like I'm sure half of those people were just like liking it. They're like, "Oh my god, V15, V15." Like yeah. half of those likes where I'm sure oh, yeah. they don't even know the climb. And I'm like jokingly doing it. It probably got like, a lot of likes. It got a lot of likes. Yep. Okay, what's really funny is before you guys came over, Dave was like, "Yeah, I saw Jeremy's out there trying to V15." I was, I was like, "That's yeah, awesome! It worked." It yeah. worked. No, I, I truly, I mean, that's I didn't. a V10. Yeah, he's like, "No, no, no, dude, that's he's joking. That's a V10." I was yeah. like, "What a sucker!" So, yeah. Some pe- some people were like, "Wow, like you you really uh, upgraded that one." I was like, "Grades are personal." <laughs> yes, I saw that comment. I saw people saying like, "Dude." why are you upgrading that? And I, I thought you said, uh, I always upgrade before I send something or something like that. I was like, dude, there's some people awesome. that are like dead serious. And I'm just yeah. like, yeah, I you just like just troll back. I'm just like, whatever. Oh my God. Well, well that was pretty embarrassing him. for me. <laughs> With him. You're like, wow, he's getting really strong. Oh, yeah. I was like, this is so cool. Wow. I can't believe Jeremy's going to send a V15. That's the first question. Numbers, yeah, exactly. numbers, yeah. numbers get likes. Yeah. It's true. Numbers get views. Yeah. Yeah. It's bouldering. Yeah. I mean, it's part and parcel of mm-hmm. our sport it's kind of insane yeah that'll always be a problem with uh with trying to put a label on something that is so subjective so yeah it's like you can't you can't like you were saying everyone has a different metric i yeah. love and that about climbing yeah. Yeah. like that's one of my favorite things about how one of our tall friends can just cruise something and it's <laughs> yeah. hard for us yeah. and then in the exact opposite way one of us short dudes can like just crush through it and the tall guy's like this is this climb sucks. Yeah. <laughs> like sour grapes. It's just fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's, no, always, it's always it fun really climbing is. with Paul because he's like the opposite style that I am. So yeah. he's like, oh, try this crimpy thing. And I'm like, no, try this compare. I mean, he's well, well stronger than I am. So like yeah. he can honestly do most of the things that I'm <laughs> struggling on anyway. But it's like an interesting, like he had brought up, like it's not only body size, but like technique and like, you know, he's mm-hmm. better at crimping. I'm better at pinching. Like, it's a huge strength versus power yeah, a thing, thing, too. You know what yeah, I mean? If you have weird power, thing. everybody's strong. Mm-hmm. But if you have power, that's that changes the game a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like a ton of compression power to like launch your Schulte style. Sorry. Schulte. Schulte style. My ear. All right. We've gone a long time. Yeah. Um, that was fun. How long? Two hours? I, uh, I haven't let's even take, looked at it. Let's take a look. I can't see it. Holy shit, two and a half hours. I, th- I thought you got charged for like going <laughs> over an hour. I'm going to have to pay extra for sure. Yeah. For well, you can one. make it into two podcasts. Never. Oh. I don't believe in that shit, oh. man. Mm-hmm. I like to torture the audience with two nah. and a half hour interviews. <laughs> um, thank you, guys. Yes. Thank you guys. No, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, yeah that was course. awesome. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Ciao, ciao. 
Wowie zowie. Holy smokes. Big Can time, you believe man. it? Big time. Big seriously big time. I can't believe Paul to our discredit came onto this little podcast. It what was, was so, he thinking? What was he thinking? Joining Bumblefuck Nation over here. Dude, Bumblefucks! Rise up! No, uh, well, we want to thank Paul and Jeremy so much for making the trek from Boulder to Denver, yeah. coming to our little, my little abode. Yeah. We don't, me and Feedy don't live together, no. although we are we're, thinking about it. We're thinking of, we're, we're talking, let's get just maybe a cottage remember somewhere. My bound, remember my boundaries, Dave? I'm sorry. I'm so, let's not talk about yeah. it anymore. Um, but we do want to say thank you um, so much to those guys. What a fantastic talk. Wow. That was like freewheeling. Um, man, it feels, it felt, it was like, I was, I felt so spoiled to be able to ask somebody like that, whatever I kind of want, could, I guess. And he gave awesome answers. So I at could. the very end when you said, okay, I got one more question <laughs> and he, um, he's like, ah. it was a pretty straightforward, but cool question. And he like gave a collegiate yeah. thesis. So I was like, oh yeah. my God. God, well, dude, you have me, thought about this. It, yeah, it made me so happy because it's like, oh my God, he even he's been wondering about this too because he's like, what the heck's going on? Yeah, bit. Jeremy started smiling when yeah. he asked that question. It was so funny. Um, I I gotta be honest, I was a little bummed that like it was kind of later, and because uh, I felt like realistically, I didn't. I I don't know. We just kind of kept going, and there was definitely still a lot of questions to ask. But maybe that's for future. Yeah, future. I also felt weird. I was like, hey, maybe we should wrap this up. I yeah. really want to respect your time. And then I looked at it and we were like two and a half hours and I'm like, oh, <laughs> Jesus, I haven't respected your time at all, dude. I'm sorry. I know, but that's how it should be. Like that you guys come and if you, you tell us if you have to leave, otherwise we'll just, it'll keep it'll going, keep going. Cause it's, we're having a good time. Okay. Speaking of respecting time, maybe we should respect our listeners time. Let's do right it right now and wrap this little puppy up. This, this is a big boy puppy. This is a big puppy. Dave's going to have to, Dave's going to have to go to the temple of the podcast masters and beg for forgiveness because this podcast is over the limit again i'm gonna have to pay more money they're gonna they're gonna mercilessly tear him apart but i gotta sit in front of the tribunal he's gonna sit in front of the tribunal he's gonna have to run the gauntlet he's gonna have to ding bring the torch from the upper realm it's of a the, volcano the volcano the volcano down. where the pterodactyls live in Correct. there it's i mean it's, it's every, fucking terrifying every you guys it, don't even know yeah every time it happens i'm i'm stressed out for dave uh i volunteer him because because nobody wants to go to Pterodactyl Island yeah, and go well, see the you know the, how I feel about fucking flying po- dinosaurs the pod dude. tribunal I'm not I wouldn't be if it was normal to ask dinosaurs I wouldn't be scared but it's flying all right just, and just all the members of the tribunal are wearing the uh those like um plague masks the way they the way they talk and their fucking amulets <laughs> when they put all their amulets on their chest together that's what calls the pterodactyls and yeah. you're usually like halfway well, up the volcano i mean are I, we respecting the time of our no, listener but it's just surprising that podcasting <laughs> is such a dark it's so hard to, nobody it's knows surprisingly complicated if you get if any of you guys have a podcast out there boom fist bump fist you know bump. see it pterodactyl island homes yeah and um uh, and to end it up to wrap it up to finish it up Shoot us, uh, shoot us any comments, concerns, reviews, uh, queries. Queries. <laughs> I'm really bad at this part. Dave usually does it, <laughs> so I'm just gonna keep stumbling. Keep down going. This. I'm gonna keep. Let's falling. do it, baby. Uh, shoot. <laughs> <laughs> comments, concerns to Thundercling Podcast at gmail.com. Hell yeah, I got it right. <laughs> and check us out on Instagram at the Thundercling. And I'm gonna shout us out because I think our Instagrams are valuable sources of life. Is that right? I am. 
Okay. Fitz, Fitzel Q for Dave and Oh Fitz, God, you're calling out our personal ones? Yeah. Ah, sure. I don't care. We're you know what? I'm tired of hiding behind my my Your nom de plume. Nom de plume. Which is also feedy. Yeah. And uh, fi- last thing I want to say is, uh, once again, thanks to everybody who keeps leaving these fantastic reviews and feedback we keep getting. It's super encouraging. Yeah. And it goes a w- huge way for us continuing the podcast. Cause yeah. If you have the time and wherewithal to rate and review on iTunes, that's great. <laughs> if you don't, we'll fucking send you to Pterodactyl Island. You'll yes. take my place in front of the tribunal right. next time. Yeah. Actually, we're we're taking applicants for an intern to purely to run the the tribune we'll go on the boat with you (laughs) to the island but there's no way i'm climbing that volcano again again. and my battle axe is broken so i can't possibly kill any more pterodactyls be able to climb five it's like five eight only five eight only it's not that bad but it's it's a little chossy rock and be able to battle demons and pterodactyls it's not a big deal and you can't like be scared of the tribunal especially when they whap their amulets together and the light and sound comes yeah just like jeremy they detect fear Hey, y'all. All All right, thank you. Two weeks. See you at Pterodactyl Island. Shreds the rock. Shreds the rock. Shreds the rock. Shreds the rock. Squirt it on your elbows, rub it in your eyes. Mayonnaise, it's a great surprise. It's life hack when you don't realize how to climb the rock. Climb the rock. Climb the rock. Climb the rock. Paul Robinson, you are strongest climber I've seen today. Fingers as strong as mayonnaise. My chalk bag is in my shoes He's always mixing it with his booze Tummy sailing on a condiment cruise Helps him climb the rocks Climb the rocks Climb the rocks Rub it on your butt and sit on ham Bread on your head and pickles for your toes Place a tomato in your belly button hole Human ham sandwich Human sandwich Human ham sandwich (laughs) I don't know if it's true But frankly man, neither do you 
Nothing here can ever be proved. <laughs> <laughs> Guy myself. It's mayonnaise. Oh shit. 